Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. That's the worst. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things episode 169, uh, TI-11 edition with a special guest. Come on, the front. get out of the way, Cinder. Nobody wants to see you. Moving. We have Seb here, uh, of course, two-time TI winner. Now we've had uh, both two of the five double TI winners, uh, No Tail and Mr. Seb himself. How are you? I'm great. You got the best out of the five. That's right. I no, agree. Nobody else is interesting within that crew. Would you agree with this? Cinder? Do you mean No Tail or you? <laughs> the two best. Oh. The two best. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I hope you were going to say yourself. That would be good. Uh, sorry. Sponsor thing real quick. Uh, thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring this episode. Uh, cue haunted music. Michael Myers sure is scary, but the last thing you need is to be hairy this Halloween. Luckily, our friends at Manscaped launched their fourth generation performance package to make sure your pumpkins get the ultimate carving experience on this spooky day. <laughs> Turn your bite-sized treat to a king-sized candy and join the <laughs> six million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code We Say Things. Make the right call this spooky season. It's trick or trim. Oh, trim. That's good. That's one of the best Manscaped segments so far, so thank that, you. That's a really good ad read. I like that. Indeed. A lot. And yeah. another one before we get to <laughs> it's always awkward for, for the I guests say... here. Uh we are going to oops do our patron shout outs real quick. Oh, as yeah, I this load one, this, this eventually. Okay. Oof. Thank you to Stupid Copilot, D2 Bowie, Breezy, Yatoro does it again, Cinderin. Eh, that's debatable this time. Mr. Cakes, A Scorpy from Singapore, ping for local tips. I missed other esports conversations that this podcast would have, like Valorant, Fortnite, Shroud, Mixer, not an ad. What is the meaning of life? Answer me, please. Oscar Seeker, Ladies Night at TI or We Riot. Roundy 3, my grandma still doesn't know what Dota is. True Sight is not marketing for my grandma. True Sight is not an ad. <laughs> <laughs> Disco Farm D, I am once again asking you to say my name. Simple Suji, blah, 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 whatever. Milan, oh, Miami. Damn. That's that the first one. time ever. The Mega Pope, remember to bring a towel. Singapore is muggy. As TI in New Zealand, Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko Zero One Hamscroats, Bacon, Shark TM, freshly freshly seasoned goat balls, Janie, Dop, nothing to see here, underscore man. And you this is this yours. One? You read Which the next one. Which the one? fifth from the bottom. The fifth from the bottom. Eve Remort. Eve Remort, please don't ever get said on the podcast. <laughs> Wait, did they actually <laughs> change it this week? <laughs> no way. For how many months now he's been asking for you <laughs> oh, really? to be on the podcast, and the one week you're on, but he, he changed know. it. He, he had no idea. Be on. Really? Exactly. And then he changed it to don't ever get him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Reverse psychology. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. Also, man. thank you to Ben Broomhead. Can't believe they didn't do Faceless Rex for the Arcana. Wooden Aftertaste, Anonymous, and Peter for every human on Earth. There are estimated to be about 2.5 million ants needling. Thank you. Okay, right. now that the intro, <laughs> we were just on the OG podcast, and this is kind of so fucking scuffed uh, comparably, but 
Can we get your verdict is. on the Manscaped read? Was that good? I actually did not understand much of it. Like, I think... Perfect. Yeah. Because people don't... Uh, they overrate my English. My English is good within my, you know, like, ecosystem kind of mm. thing. And this, there were too many words that I actually did not pick up. Everything was a pun for testicles. Just yeah, to okay. You know. Well, that's so why you didn't know, get it. I did not get it. So oh. That's probably why I didn't, I didn't get much of it. That's why you're not uncomfortable. But you get, no, yeah, exactly. I, was, I felt perfectly fine. You, right. can, you can go now. So every <laughs> beginning of a guest episode, I do a rapid fire initiation where I say two things and you pick one quickly. Okay. No thinking. No thinking. Okay. Team Secret or Tundra? Tundra. House of the Dragon or Rings of Power? House of the Dragon. TI-8 or TI-9? TI-8. Cake or pie? Pie. Okay, almost 100%. Almost. Oh, close. Close. The end really fucked it up. <laughs> cake or pie? Cake? Oh, yeah. Cake is no, much more oh, really? versatile than pie. That's the thing, though, Shannon. You haven't been to France, right? No. They make really good pie in France. That's yeah, right. I've so. never been to France. You have great pies. So. Very, okay. very good. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, so, yeah, welcome. So, for any guest episode, for people who haven't joined us, typically talk about your life from beginning to now. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the second half, we'll just talk about TI-11 and what's going on here sure um so yeah welcome tell, tell us you. about your life pretend we're the psychiatrist here and you're just sitting back on the couch whoa you How generally you... guided a bit more than that yes because <laughs> okay. i'm like this is hard where, well, where, where did you where did you grow up how did you get into gaming like early stuff like that um i so i'm french lebanese my my mother is french my father's lebanese i was born in france but moved in lebanon very young at like three mm. There were some back and forth, but let's say that until I was 14 or 15, I grew, I was in Lebanon, and then moved to France. Uh, I moved because of, because of the war. There was a war there, and um, I got, um, I don't know what the English word for it, but like when you rescued by a foreign army. So because I was French, I had the French mm -hmm. nationality with the French army. Um, I, I don't know, but you know, they get their mm -hmm. citizens out of the country. So I got to I got to France back to France this way. Uh, was not supposed to settle in France, but you know life made it that I ended up staying and living in France. And this is when I got into video games. It was a pretty difficult time. So uh, yeah, ended up. Oh, we have someone at the keep door. going. Yeah, I'll be getting up constantly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, ended up uh, getting into games as like a way to maybe yeah, escape a reality I didn't want to face. It did not start with Dora. Dora came later. And that was, so that was 20, 2006, and I started playing Dota in 2010, I think, when I was. Sure, Sh Shannon would love to hear all of this, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but unfortunately, he got Coke Zero delivered, yeah. which he's super happy about. Not an ad, by the way, but you are a huge fan of Coke, okay. so uh, there you go. All right, go ahead. All right, yeah. did you hear what he said? Sure. Dude, no. I, I love our podcast that we can just do this. This is what happens when you just run your own thing. You do whatever. That's, true, That's true. great. I cut the first half. No, okay. so I, I no, so basically I got got into video games in 20, 2006, so when I was 14, 13, 15, and then Dora came later, five years later, so maybe four years later, in 2010, I was 18 when I started Dora. Oh, okay. Which is crazy. Now my teammates, like my teammates, like the OG players, I talked to them, and they started when they were six, and I'm like, yeah. I started when I was 18, so it's different worlds, you know, different generations. For sure. 18? That's actually later than I thought, yeah. I'm being honest. Yeah. Someone at the like, door. What what happened? You you take it this way. <laughs> uh, for for Dota one, like how much of it did you play? Like how many years? I mean, I say eighteen, maybe I was seventeen, but I must have played three years of Dota one before I got into Dota two. Three, oh, okay. four years. Well, you yeah. didn't you didn't play Han or anything like that. No, no. Only Dota you ever, one. And you Dota were never two. tempted. Did you even know about it? 
gig, I, any of that? Believe it or not, I actually never played any games besides Dota. I only played CS a little bit for fun with friends. But I think Dota and CS are maybe the only two games I ever touched. Yeah. What do you do you think there's a other than Valve being in charge of them now? Do you think there's any connection between Dota and CS? Because when I played competitively CS, everybody oh, played everybody played both games. Yeah, so for some games. reason, yeah. even though like genre wise could not be any more different, like I always found that there was some connection there. Yeah, you know I, mean? I feel like they're the two most challenging games. Like I don't. That's how I feel. I feel like this the 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 skill cap is really high in both games, and that things are not. It doesn't feel like it's made to be easy. It feels mm -hmm. like it's just hard, and and you just have to, you have you kind of have to like it. You, I think in, in order to enjoy CS or Dota, you gotta enjoy grinding, as mm -hmm. in you know like, um, yeah, like a lot of games where like first of all like all the the you know the uh, games where you have to pay or buy stuff. I think that's something that I I personally don't dislike. Uh, so that was not the case with Dota or CS. I felt like nothing was made noob friendly kind of and that's kind of what i liked about the game and then i got a lot of a uh, big reward feeling when i got better at these games even though i never got really good at cs but i still enjoyed playing the game a lot and now i see some of the games and i'm like i, I don't like the fact that they're making accessible even though i'm the biggest advocate of making games games accessible but that's not what i look for when i play a game. do you do so, you know uh, do you know any of the french cs pros in person by chance yeah or yeah, yeah did you ever like was it someone you grew up with or did you just meet them at other events or so back then there was a french pro player that was called hearts or uh, h a r t s he was considered one of the best back that's, then by the french team that's memorable for me yeah. somehow the name it's a long yeah. time ago it's like 10 years ago um, do you remember that name no hearts all the french players like even like the kenny s's and, and all they would look up to this guy um and it's and most of my boot camps for swc i shared them with him and because he was with his team, we were net cafes back then. So he was with his team, CS team, preparing ESWC, uh, and we were preparing the Dota on our side. So we would like, he would come and play Dota with us, and we would go play CS with him. And uh, yeah, I got traumatized at how good he was at, at CS. I remember he had a rule where he could only, he was not allowed to look up until I was until I started shooting. He could only play with sound, <laughs> and until I start shooting, this is when he's allowed to. Look up and shoot back. I never got a single frag on it. <laughs> I always died. And I was like, all right, what, what is this? Is this a magician or something? Like, uh, yeah, good times, good times. Do you, I really enjoy CS. Do you still, you still play CS or any other games? Like I, I, I don't get as much time to play CS now, but when I, if I had to pick a game to just chill and have fun with friends, it would be CS for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. It would not be Dota, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that goes without saying. Is yeah. there anything from Dota 1 that you miss? A lot of things. I, um, I mean, I miss some of the. Um, I mean, some of the models, like the how the heroes looked. I felt you like... missed Bounty Hunter not being able to click him. No, yeah, no, that I don't. <laughs> Invisible PA. Yeah. Oh yeah. Literal I not miss Venomancer. I miss Shadowfield. I feel like mm. I like the design more in Dota One. It was really like cool. everything. The 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 ulti, the raises. It was such a cool hero. Okay, not to interrupt. You're a big fan of Axe. Yeah. His counter helix in Dota One, I felt better. was so much more satisfying. Yeah. Right. I missed the Tide Hunter. Uh, oh, Smash. yeah, the 360. It was oh, much better him. in Dota 1, I yeah. feel. Uh, Shadowfin was nicer. Yeah, Axe, that's a great one too. Some of the um, icons also. The Beastmaster, I liked it. Mm. Uh, some of the item icons I liked more in Dota 1. I can't remember some all of them, but there's a lot of things from Dota 1 that I really I think I liked more. But overall, obviously, I like Dota 2 much more for, yeah. for so many things. But I remember when I, when I saw Dota 2 for the first time, I was like, 
This is awful. I had this. I, I would never. Been I was playing Han at the time, so I was used to like their grimy whatever art style. And then the Dota two screenshot came out, and my first reaction was not positive. Yeah. I didn't hate it, but I'm like, it's like kind of TF two yeah. cartoony almost, yeah. right? And now that when I look at the picture, I'm like, why did I think that's so weird? Yeah, the same because I truly went back on that statement. But um, maybe that's also my French side. I feel like whenever you change something, French people always complain. So that's the same for me. They yeah, that's French only, for sure. That <laughs> okay, is. maybe not. But at least we're very good at that. Like, we start by complaining, and then, then we start thinking a bit. And then it's like, oh, actually, I'll, I take this Sounds That's like Shannon. It's like Reddit as well. It's literally everybody. It's yeah. Just in case. Just in case. You know, it's like, I complained. All right? I can now decide to take it back or leave it as it is. So, right. But yeah, I, yeah, that was me with Dota 2. You played TI one as well, right? No, I didn't. You did not play no. TI one because I I can't remember. There was that there was the French team there virus. Was the French team. Yes, exactly. Were you there? No. Or okay, so you were not a part of that at all. So no. what time did you start playing the game? Because the mm. the teams that played TI one obviously got access a couple of weeks before. It was a very short time we had to prepare. Yeah. Uh, so your like vibe around the game because there was a lot of changes in graphics around the time. Yeah. TI one was played on a version of Dota that was like more boiled down, like, like last hero. And... A lot of the things like the models were. Some of the models were kind of beta because they needed to release them so that we could have the tournament. We had how many heroes did we even have? Like, yeah, like more, seventy more than, or something. Sixty? Really that much? I Maybe it was sixty. Much less than Maybe it was even less. Like yeah. fifty, sixty is what I, I thought. It was like forty something. something. Yeah, it I think might it, even have been yeah. that few. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the stuff wasn't finished. So I was just curious because did you start playing between? You started playing shortly after TI one then. So or? TI one was August twenty eleven. Yeah. I must have started literally after like September. Okay, right. So then you also had the early version. Yeah. Because the graphics did change quite a lot in the first half year. Yeah. The way I remember it. So yeah. Yeah. I did not get it before. That I think sense. people got it in June or July or something. Not like not so long, right? It was like. Not... I think it was July actually. Yeah. yeah it was very shortly yeah. before. Um. But yeah, I think the way you thought about the game was pretty common at the time. Yeah. I think the community as well. That's why Valve. I think Valve really didn't want screenshots leaked from people that were playing the alpha or the beta. Okay. So they're like, this is going to kill the hype. Because yeah. people were like, oh, this looks like shit. Yeah. Because like every game in development in alpha and beta, the polished graphics is the thing to do last. Mm -hmm. You need the systems to work, you need the gameplay to work, and then the yeah. graphics are the final touch. I mean, it, right? makes, so it makes a lot of sense. It's just, it's normal for every game development. That you yeah, they usually polish stuff. The uh, that's why Morphling still looks really good. Yep. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for the Archon on that. They, one. um,. The, the thing about Morphling is he doesn't need to look good because he's other heroes half the time. True. So his model doesn't need to be great, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of his lore. Bottom, guess, yeah. It's kind of the lore of like a witch in a in the fairy tale that looks ugly, so she transforms into other mm. and transforms into Very beautiful princess. That's, yes. that's actually Morph's lore. Okay, so anyway, segueing off of that somehow, um, you start playing <laughs> Dota 2. Well, in Dota 1, did you play competitively at all, or was it just like pubbing? Uh, I started by pubbing, but quite quickly I started playing competitively. Okay. Like I think a few months... No, Dota 1, sorry, you ask. Yeah, Dota 1. No, no, Dota 1, no, no, there was a lot of pubbing. That was Dota 2. Uh, Dota 1, there was a lot of, like, it wasn't even pubbing back then because pubs were not a thing in Dota 1. It's like pubs were, you always had minimum two persons that, that would disconnect or, you know, like, there was not ever, ever a game that would finish in pubs because there was no mm -hmm. ranking system. So no, uh, the opposite of incentive to not leave the game, not grieve the game. So pubs was just to troll, basically. So yeah. you only had like in-houses, right? On yeah. Battle.net or G-Arena and stuff like that. So, but I would play a lot of that, these in-houses. Like quite quickly, I started wanting to improve and stop playing for fun. Okay. And then for Dota 2, you get into the competitive scene early. Very early. Like Talk to I... us about like the early teams or... Oh, um, and so I started playing Dota 2 in September 2011, and my first tournament was ESWC, and it must have been maybe in November, like two months later. 
uh, I was so bad. Like from what I remember, it was my first time. I was so nervous. Mm. Like I remember the feeling of being so nervous. Like when you're so nervous that you're not even there. Like you're not consciously there. I don't know. You're just like you're in some dimension of stress and freaking out and I don't know how to put it but uh, once you get comfortable in these environments you start it starts being normal it starts like you start noticing what you, you would usually notice that I don't know there I like the smell or like uh, I like this I'm well seated I feel like I was in such a state of nervosity that everything just went by me without me even noticing you know I was like mm -hmm. in a traumatizer I was just super stressed and um, back then I would play on the um, I would play in my like the family computer or whatever, so that's in the living room, and it was one of these, um, you know, the old plugs for keyboards and and mice, uh, the the green, yes, and two. the purple and green, yeah. right? Yes, two. Yeah. And I had the mouse with the bold mouse, like whatever it's called. Oh like. man, yeah. So I showed up to ESWC with that gear. That's my gear. Like this, I just picked up the keyboard and mouse yeah. from my house. And this right? is when like laser mice were very common already. Right? Yeah, already 2011. Yeah. I mean, there was yeah. Like, yeah. So I showed up with that, and then I got kicked out by the admin thought i was a scam that was trying to get in and create some you know i don't know what he thought i was trying to do so they did not let me in the event i'm like look i'm a player like this is my gear he's like i guess like, get, get the fuck out ghetto ass yeah. hardware yeah so then i had to get my manager and we had to do some ids again and stuff and they finally let me in it was just a hustle i just felt like and then i saw everybody coming with their gear and their bags and their <laughs> razor and whatever i'm like because I, I was I wasn't really part of that world at all. I've, I've never really yeah. played like games or watched games and stuff. So I was just like some guy that just plays a lot of Dota, and then eventually I ended up there. I just felt I didn't feel like this was my my place, kind of. Uh, Did I, you ever use a ball mouse? Uh, not while playing Dota two. Did I tell this story to you? My mm. ball mouse story. I don't. So know. I used to play all that. Like this was when there was no laser mice, yeah. optical mice at all. I'm gonna show. Yeah. Try to show this on camera. Oh, you might have told me this actually. So. I was playing like competitive Half-Life. It was deathmatch. Not Counter-Strike was not even out yet. And the ball mouse would always get dirty, right? Yeah, very hard. Yeah. So in the middle of games, I would literally lift my mouse and I would thumb this thing, right? <laughs> yeah. And it became such a habit, I still fucking do it. Really? Okay, you've not told me that. With an optical mouse. I do this all the time in the really? middle of the fucking game. <laughs> it, it just can't break the habit. Yeah. I don't know why. That's, so many that's years. Crazy. Yeah, like muscle memory, I guess. Like, yeah. yeah. Can't yeah, teach you how to clean it all the time because it stopped being like, oh, smooth. Oh, so um, bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> these days. So you played the entire turn with the ball mouse. Yeah, I did. And Did uh, people make fun of <laughs> you? Yeah, yeah. It was like the joke. And, and, and my playing did not help have them shut up, you know? <laughs> I think the play just blamed it on the mouse then. I could maybe, but what I mean is like I had the playing that went with with the the, the gear, right? Like mm -hmm. it all made sense. Uh, I played super bad, uh, but then back then it was already Sokska, like Titwan, that mm -hmm. ended up being OG's coach and with whom I played like professionally for for long and with Sindrin. Um, and he was the one kind of believing in me, even though there was not much to believe in. But it's like if you could play with this shit, <laughs> imagine when you get some action. Yeah, gear. I don't know. He just saw something in me, and he was like, "No, no, I believe that this guy's good." And he's like, "Don't worry, you're gonna get good. It will be fine and stuff." So he was like the one mentoring me and pushing mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But okay, that's how it started. So it was not, yeah. Is that 2012? Yeah, 2011. 2011. End of 2011. Okay, and then you were at TI too. Yeah. Talk to us about that experience. And what, what was the team name at that point? TI2 was, we were MTW. MTW. Oh, yeah. so you were on. Okay. Yeah. That was our team together. Yeah. So the next year, like basically that year, then it went on pretty, that was really when it really 
the breakthrough, I guess you could call it, because uh, we started playing with, in, back then we were just local team, like French players, but we would still play in these in-house leagues, so we would play with international players. Uh, and then eventually we started getting noticed by interna international players and eventually got to talk to them and then we started making teams. I think, uh, which team were we when we competed? When you won DreamHack, you won DreamHack. Uh, honey Badgers or so another one? Wild Honey Badgers won in, I want to say November 2011. That might have been the same month as CSWC. Okay, okay. I think. That's and when then, you won it. I yeah. was in that tournament, but I can't remember with which team. Uh, you want me to open your Wikipedia up? Was it not virus? <laughs> well, you're not called that anymore. Maybe we were called because I think you were you were playing with the French, yeah, exactly. all French team. Yes, there. yes. And then the next DreamHack, we played together. Exactly. Yeah. And we won that one as well. That was the finals against yeah. Navi. That also, was you won DreamHack twice team. in a row. Yeah. So, all right. There's your team list. So it must have been. Oh, Shakira. Uh, maybe it was either team. Sh yeah, it was team, it was Shakira. team Shakira. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You're called Team Shakira. Yeah. And then you played shortly with Western Wolves. Yeah. And then we started playing together in April. Yeah. It's it says so, here. I don't remember that. That, that was like a correct. big step for me in a way because we went from just being a bunch of French guys trying to get some results in la international lands to actually getting to play with players we would look up to and that would be in the international scene already and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So they're saying you're out of the cam a lot. Oh, I am. Okay. Yeah, there we there go. Perfect. So yeah, I'll go like that. So yeah, slowly you're gonna become. I, I just love our setups. Time. Yeah, it's it's so good. <laughs> so that was 2012, and then we there was MTW uh, where I was playing with with Sind, uh, Kebab, Funzi, and Sokshka. Right? Yep. Yeah. Wait, was that was that the tournament? No. What do you mean the tournament? Kebab. That was incident? a T that was TI two. Uh, that was TI2. So you were on that team. Yeah. I didn't remember. Okay. I was on that team. I want to hear yours. Oh, <laughs> uh, sort of. You want to talk about the boot camp? <laughs> sure. Do you sure. want to start with that? Oh, oof. oh man. These were, uh, these were dark times in a way. I mean, not only. I think we also had, like, we had a great run. I think we had good moments. There are good moments with that team. That's how I look at it. And, I mean, we won DreamHack. I mean, back then, we were winning DreamHack was like winning TI for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, at least, it was something like that. It was the first time I lifted a trophy. We beat Navi, which was like the god tier team. At the yeah, time. like the untouchable team. Like beating Navi meant like it really opened the door of like, well, maybe maybe I can be one of the best at this game since I beat the best, so stuff like that. So it was truly amazing. But then, yeah, of course, TI comes around and we do the the classic. Back then, we had we were clueless back then. That's why, like, when I have these young players and I'm like, you don't understand how lucky you are that people around you that have made so many mistakes that you don't have to go through them yourself. So first mistake, we go for a month and a half boot camp or something. So I don't think it was that long. It was super long in my, maybe not that long, but it was like very long. Like, uh, I think it was minimum one month, maybe more, right? You don't think so? I don't know. I mean, my I mind have like just it shrouded like, it out from my memory. I don't it remember was it so long. I remember like, it being, I remember the bad parts. So we will get yeah, to that, I'm sure. It was very long. It was in a very <laughs> super bad place. Like, uh, Taunusstein, Germany. Yeah, so I don't even know where it was, but like oh what I remember God. is like the setup. Like the set, we were sleeping on the floor, weren't we? No. no, no. So we had we had like these two. We had bunk bedrooms, right? Okay, but we had two bunk bedrooms. I remember that might have that might have been one floor. Okay, I'm not sure. Okay. Wow. Okay, I'll let you tell the story, and then I'll give yeah. my version, and we see what okay. overlaps, because I think we have different. I just remember this, we always entered that. So obviously, it's like these kind of shitty apartments, like you know, uh, yeah just not welcoming, uh, kind of dark, uh, this kind of stuff. 
uh, smelly, whatever. But then we, I remember we had to go through this first room where there's this one guy sitting at his desk all the time. Some very grumpy guy. We don't, we didn't even know who he was. He was always like shouting super loud in German, like always <laughs> shouting at somebody over the phone. So very intimidating when you're young and you're like, where am I, where am I getting into it? Mm. And he had this huge dog, I think. That was like sitting on the floor and like like borderline threatening. And the only place we could sit in the apartment would be next to his like his desk because there was like a two chairs or something, and then like this table where we would like sit down there. And this dog was always there, and I was always watching at watching this dog. Like I don't know, it just it just felt so unsafe and unwelcoming. Anyways, so then we do the boot camp there. It's a big mess. We do all the mistakes you can do. We play way too much, as in like we do fucking like six screams a day or something, like 12 maps. I can't even remember until 1 a.m., 2 a.m. We order only junk food because nobody is there to even help us order anything. So we just go for the easiest option. Uh, we eat it in the room. Uh, it's just like all of the things, like today, I <laughs> I, I would die there. Like, you know, right. but look, thinking back at it, it's crazy. And then we do this for so long. Obviously, we treat each other not well at all, as in we don't mistreat each other, but... It's like we would argue over games. Just like all of the things that when you're young and stupid, you don't understand, right? Uh, but then there was a big thing also with Kebab where I feel like he was, a, he was a very angry person at the time, right? Like that's to say the least. So he was very hard to deal with. He was very toxic, like ex insanely toxic towards everybody. I think especially towards Sin. Really? Yeah, uh, it was not. It was not good. Yeah, but you were the one who almost got in a fight with him. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. literally, you were. You were so angry at each other. You're like, okay, I'm gonna fucking fight you. I, I would like, I would fight back. Like, I would talk back. Right. I think Sind was much more like a cuck. No, I, <laughs> no. I think <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> no, I think he would. He would try to avoid the conflict or like you yeah. know like. Uh, uh, so he would like let go much more, whereas I felt mm -hmm. like I, I I couldn't find the strength to let go. I was like, what, what the hell did you just say? Like say it again. Like and and, and Sin would just like let go. So I think Kebab would just like keep lashing on mm -hmm. him because it was the easy way to lash, right? Uh, Fonzie would not care at all. He would be sleeping all day or like like <laughs> he would actually just laugh it out. Like I I don't care anyways. Like whatever you say. It's like oh you're so bad. We lost because of you. So Sin would probably be like. Okay, sure. You know, I'll be like, what the fuck did you just say? Say that again. <laughs> Fonzie would be like, well, I don't care about the game anyway, so whatever. <laughs> you know? Sure, we lost because of me. And we're going to do the next one too, by the way. You know? Uh, Sounds and healthy, yeah. Yeah, and Sokska was like, I guess he was the one that would take responsibility for the team, kind of, or try to. So I think he was all over the place trying to think, how can I fix this and stuff. So yeah, rough times. Uh, then we, this boot camp is rough from beginning to end. Even though Dora White, I think we were actually quite good. Which is the saddest part about it. I think, I don't know if you remember, but the day before we leave to TI, we played Counter Logic Gaming, the team that would actually knock us out. We played them five or six maps in a row, and I think we 6 0 them. Like, we, we stomped them six times in a row. That was before flying. That was the team that's going to knock us out in the best of one. That seems there. to happen. Like, we had the same experience with Wings at yeah. TI 6. And then once we get there, the group stage doesn't go really well we play versus good teams we're a broken team we're just we have no business being there anyway i mean just because of how we are as a team right in in hindsight i think dota wise we had a lot to bring but anyways the group stage goes really bad caleb starts losing and losing his mind more and more i don't exactly recall how things happen probably you have better memory than me and then what i remember is like this goddamn best of one like mm -hmm. what happened in that game venomancer that oh my god <laughs> 
that you have to understand it's like your entire life has been devoted to this tournament like it, it was a dream of all of us i mean you've been to ti1 but this was my first ti uh, i think it was kilops first ti fanzi yeah. sokska we've worked so hard throughout the year throughout the years before anyways like we get there we have to play this best of one and i remember before the game trying to rally people and i remember going to kebab and telling him because i remember group stage games were like he would like just like say tell Sind or me or somebody like literally we're sitting to each other like you're so bad at this game we're losing this game again because of you and then i'm like can you just like relax can you play the game but he would like just oh in the middle of the game in the oh, middle of the game shit. he would start screaming yeah. and like shouting and stuff and 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 then like um this best of one i go before and i'm like can we please like gather like gather and like you know like make this work like this game is important for everybody like come on uh, and then I think he gave me a yeah sure sure like let's do it something like that like and then yeah yeah whatever yeah we okay cool we'll do it um, so then the game starts it starts with the rune I don't know if you remember oh yeah yeah I, yeah 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 we back then you had power runes uh, yeah. and they would randomly spawn we didn't know where they went and so people would check runes at the beginning and it could it could lead to a total situation right the guy gets DD or haste and then all of a sudden it's the first blood situation. So Sin goes to check the rune. I think you're a rune ranger, if I recall. Mm -hmm. I was. And we're playing with just Lacoste Tidehunter. That's what oh, I just remember. Oh, I remember yeah, the Tidehunter. Lacoste Tidehunter. And then Kebab, with all his PMA, is like, as Sin goes to check the rune, he goes like, if you, if somehow you die at this rune, I'm done. You know, <laughs> PMA. Just feeling your teammate confidence, you know? Sin then goes there. Uh, there's the haste. They both click it. Lacoste gets the haste. And then I'm already like, fuck, 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 I hope this doesn't go wrong, you know, like, I don't know, I, I don't know what happened, like, but please let it be that he doesn't die, so that the other guy doesn't tilt, you know. And then they start chasing you down, they end up getting the first blood. Yeah, his skills gush and they just run me down with yeah. haste. Yeah, yeah. They get the first blood, and then Kebab is like, oh well, I'm done. That's how it started. <laughs> oh my god. That's how the best of one starts. And from there on, he just griefed the entire game. He played Venno, he never had a TP. He was pushing on his, on the, on the one side of the map. Hitting in the trees, placing tail wards, no TP. Uh, and then I remember at one point, I think I was playing Enigma. At one point, I read like a smoke play from them or something. And I'm like, they're going to do a big top, fight top. I have Blink BKB. Can we take the fight? We can win the fight. We're all trying. The four of us are super trying to win. Like literally playing 45. He's not in the game. And I'm like, hey, please, can you, can you join this fight? Like we we're going to win this fight. We're going to win the game. I promise. I think the answer is like, uh, fuck you. I'm not coming. I don't care. Hmm. And I'm like, okay. And then we took the fight 45, lost the fight, lost the game. And that was our TI run. That was my TI2 experience. So, yeah. yeah. And I remember I told him already, probably on the podcast, I ran into Kebab in the talent line and he was bragging really? about, like, I played Venna with one hand at TI. <laughs> it's like, what? The, even my reaction, I don't even know if I knew you back then. But he like, actually played with one hand. I believe that. Like, yeah. he, was, he was not even trying. He literally ruined the game. Like, he actually griefed the game. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that since. Yeah. I think that is literally the single most toxic performance of all TIs. Yeah. Because like even if you look at teams that are doing really poorly, it's like okay, but everybody tries. To they're they're gonna try to yeah. win. Like they might play like shit and have a really bad tournament, but at least they show up and they play their game. Yeah. 
and I'm sure there's other team environments where people aren't, you know, exactly on the best terms or you lose trust or whatever, but I have never seen anything like yeah. this again. And it's interesting to get your perspective. It's so long ago. A lot of the things you say, now that you say them, I remember them, but I've kind of like just pushed yeah. them out of my memory. But some of the things about that boot camp, I really remember. I forgot he had a dog, but I yeah. remember this guy sitting behind his desk, smoking, yeah. smoking cigarettes, chain yeah, smoking, smoking all the cigarettes. So the whole boot camp just smelled like cigarette yeah. smoke. And our kitchen there was oh rancid. God because nobody was cleaning it. Mm -hmm. so we were just eating our fast food and throwing away the waste. And at some point there was like, as, I don't remember how it happened. At some point we were like, okay, we have to clean up this. I still this have this from that place. I swear, it traumatized me. And I remember, so I was talking to Susie and I was saying, oh, we're going to have Seb as a guest in the podcast. She, she came and visited us at the boot camp. She yeah. was like, this is just, she was like, oh my God, this is like she, every she fucking stereotype of a game. the best right thing there. that ever happened at that, the best thing that happened at that boot camp, you know, yeah. like, Thank God she, because when she came, I remember we went, we went shopping and, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, she went and bought towels yeah, with yeah, her and like, we cleaned the kitchen yeah. and she was like, this is just fucked up, man. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> it was really, came, yeah. yeah, that was so bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because thinking back, I, I don't know if we've talked about this that much on the podcast, but like my personality as a player and as a captain, it's more like I've always had more of a been more of a mediator yep. rather than the guy who says okay this is what we're gonna fucking do you shut the fuck up you're yep. being unreasonable or whatever right so in these situations i had like no framework and i don't like if i get in a situation like that again like that i don't think anyone would ever play dota like that again no, and get on a team like yeah. it was a different time someone with that mentality gets kicked before it gets Instantly. to this point he there's no fucking way yeah. you would put up with that right um but, but back then you didn't have enough good players what i mean yeah. like the one that were good and toxic well, they would still find teams. Yeah. But I think now there's enough good players that are not toxic. So these ones are going to be left behind. Yeah, it's it's to a different extent, at least. So, so yeah, that that whole thing. And I, I remember we um, we wanted we wanted experience against the other regions. So we were scrimming against Chinese teams. You remember? We were playing against, like, E-Home yeah. or whatever. Uh, and we would, like, switch servers and stuff. And they had, like, totally different strategies. And we tried to adopt some of theirs, and it really didn't work. And then, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we had this like horrible ping in the environment and everything was just absolute shit yeah uh, it was so, one of the worst but it, it was in hindsight like looking back big at learning it, experience yes it really was right. it really was right. but it was very painful yeah like, very painful but usually that's when you learn the most right because you never want to find yourself in a situation again i remember i was so upset and mad at him when ti just concluded right when we got knocked out i was so mad like i was like yeah, I think I would have gotten in a fight with him if I would run into him. I felt like he had stolen, he would have, he had just destroyed everything that we've all tried to build. Like, you know, mm -hmm. and I could not stand that. Like, it's too much, you know, somebody just... Did you ever see him after that? Yeah, actually I did. Uh, I don't know, maybe I didn't see him, but we spoke online and he apologized. Mm. And he said that he was in a very, I mean, only a, a, an unhappy person behaves like that. I yeah. truly believe that. And I, I never hate... I never hated him like i as in like i hated what he did and i was really mad at him but i would never hate a human being like i mean whatever like the truth is i did not know him as a personally right i don't mm -hmm. know what he was going through what his life was uh what was his problems and i can only assume that when you're so aggressive and so toxic and so yeah it probably means that you're also having a hard time so but it, it still doesn't change the fact that it's not okay to just break our yeah. dream like that, you know, take mm -hmm. it away from us. But anyway, so we spoke online and he apologized and, and, and it was all good, you know, and he said that he was in a very bad place and all of that. <clears throat> Did he apologize to you? But still. 
I think so. I don't remember. Like I said, it's so long ago. I did meet him later on at another event. That was, I think, the defense something. He was playing as a stand-in for... Oh, that's possible. I want to say it was... Was it Alliance that he's I playing for? That, like that one LAN or something? And we did talk a little bit. But yeah, I haven't seen him for many, many years. Yeah. He, I think he just completely quit. And I have... Like you said, he might have been in a really bad place. And who knows what happened. Yeah, like exactly. That, that's something that maybe people don't think about so much with dota or stuff in general is that people that you have a connection with in like either on a personal level or on a professional level you don't hear about them from years like he could be doing literally anything right yeah now. like sure. if he was in a terrible place going into dota and that was the one thing that was actually going well for him and that kind of got destroyed like who knows like hopefully yeah. he found something else that yeah. he was passionate about and that was good uh, but unfortunately for a lot of people that are in that kind of place it can get really dark right yeah. so but we have no idea. We haven't heard from him in years. I have no idea what he's up yeah, to. Uh, no connections. Um, so yeah, who knows? But yeah, that that was that tournament was quite something. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I personally I think back on it because we've talked about this, like about my personality. And you're like when when I play in teams, you feel like um, you know what kind of leadership type I would have been, right? Hmm. And I, I sometimes reflect and I'm like, what if I would have done something different? Like, what if I was a totally different type of person? Which I think is unfair to ask of yourself. Like, you yeah. are who you are. People sign up exactly. for what they do. I think the way we ran that team, I was more of a mediator. And I think sometimes with the strategy, you had, like, really confident ideas that you wanted to run. I very clearly remember when we beat Navi at, at uh, DreamHack, your idea was we're going to run this Enigma. I know exactly what we're going to do. Yeah. You fa had this idea of how they were playing aggressive trilanes. We find this, like... We played these Venno trilings, I remember, yeah. with well, Jugger. Yeah, that was, um, so good. that was so good. And I was just playing tempo mids. I was playing like Fury on Night Stalker or whatever. Or Lish, like yeah. trying to run over them aggressively. Um, and it worked. So it works. Yeah. Like, and and we, like thinking back, it's kind of crazy that we somehow made things work at, yeah. in some instances, right? But at that event, things were really good. I wonder if we hadn't boot camped at all. Probably How TI2 would have been. I think we would have done better. Much better, for sure. And that's no kind of crazy, because mm -hmm. when we talk about boot camps in Dota and we talk about preparation, we're always like, okay, what team has prepared the most? If you prepare in the wrong way, it can honestly yeah. just ruin you. Because like, the, the game is so extremely mental and so personal and so much about trust that if your boot camp breaks trust, it would have better yes, to not have you can happen. break trust. You can destroy your confidence as a yeah. team. As an individual, you can burn yourself out. You can. There's so many things that you can do preemptively go there and have and that you kill all your if chances. you're hanging around people for a long period of time you yeah. get annoyed with them like exactly like right they're never prepared for the podcast for example so <laughs> if we were here for longer than a couple of weeks yeah. i get really you guys angry. would just stop it you would just stop doing it straight yeah. up no but for real too it's like yeah if you if you get it get, stay with people for too long and and and, and you don't have certain a certain discipline in doing so then yeah it can get really bad or it can also get really go keep you know like but in, like uh, like uh, have a deeper relationship and understand each other better and stuff and it could also be great i think it's as you put it like it really depends if you're doing it right or wrong but back then we had no idea we mm -hmm. thought the the longer we boot camp the better the more we play the better and so even like emotionally i think we were really unstable because of what we were putting ourselves through right i mean how can you be emotionally stable when you had bad sleep you're having bad food you're overworking yourself you're in an environment that makes you unhappy. There's zero balance. We don't feel like going out. It's like a, it's like kind of a shithole. I'm sorry, but it was like, it was mm -hmm. terrible. So yeah, I mean, and then you put yourself through Dota games that are frustrating. You're losing, but you got to work it out. People are being annoyed and toxic with each other. Do that for 40 days or something. Who would not lose their mind? You know, like seriously, I don't know a lot of people that would not lose their mind. I think all things considered, <laughs> 
you know, we didn't fight each other. So we felt like playing TI anyways. Like, did a good job kind of kind of pulling through, you know what I mean? But it's crazy. Yeah, We, show, we showed up and played. Yeah, which is some teams did not. I remember there was this uh, incident with Moscow 5 where they had to forfeit the game because oh. they were getting drunk in the evening, every evening. And then in the morning, I think they could not get PGG, like, please go game, like, out of his room. And apparently they knocked to his room and they're like, are you in there? And then he answered no and never came out of the room. <laughs> Went back to sleep. And then they gave a death loss. Like, their first, I think it was, I don't know if it was the first yeah, group stage game, but there was a death loss given because he never got out of his room. He was too, oh my God. too hangover. I mean, these players, like, the new players, like, in these five-star hotel and whatnot, like, and everything is just smooth. And then when there's one light that is too bright, they're like, uh, right. can you fix the light? I'm like, you don't understand, like, what we were put through, my friend. Like, yeah. But yeah, the light is indeed too bright, so sure, that's us. You know? That's yeah. good. That's why it's nice to have you on the podcast. We can have a scuffed setup, and you're like, this feels like home. You oh, know? Like, we're used to like, oh, we don't need those perfect uh, can we cameras. Get some cigarettes in here. We're well seated. I've learned to be grateful for things. So yeah. yeah. Okay, so let, let's go through the next. It, sorry, did you go to TI3 as a player or no? Yeah, TI3. Okay. But it was the yeah, wild card. We, we, oh, we, right. we didn't. We lost the wild card, so then I, I didn't enter the tournament. But we played the wild card with Quanti Gaming. It was with the Goblack and Silent, the Team Spirit coach, mm. uh, and Fonzie and Sokka. That was a really good experience. So I like that. That team was functioning really well. We just lost for Dota reasons. Mm. Yeah. So it was great playing with Silent, by the way. Like that guy is. He was such a good player. He was unrecognized player. One of the best that I played with, I think. Mm. And after that, if my memory serves me correctly, you did not go to a bunch of TIs as a player, right? Yeah. Then, I remember looking at your trivia yeah. a while back, and it's like you have the biggest gap between yeah. attending as a player. TI4, TI5, I did not make it as a player. Uh, I paneled or casted. No, paneled. paneled. You're paneling, I remember the Frank, ESL Frankfurt yeah. in the football so stadium. It, it must have been the same. It must have been the same years. It must yeah. have been 2014 or 2015 because these were the years where I was doing a lot of paneling. I was playing in teams, I think, but just we just couldn't qualify. And then see, and then I quit. As I told myself that I was gonna quit. I did Alliance, and Alliance was like my one last ride. I mean, that's a big meme now. So, but it was supposed to be my last ride at that point. It went well with Alliance, uh, but we lost the TI qualifiers. If I remember, yeah, we lost TI qualifiers. Which year was that? 2016? 2016. Yeah, TI6. Yeah. No, that can't be because Alliance played at TI6. Mm. We played against Alliance at TI6. So then it we're... must have been, no, then sorry, it must have been 2015. Yeah, tw TI5. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We failed to qualify. Then I decided that I'm done with Dora. Uh, at that point, I was, I got in a, because I kept my studies going. Uh, my parents always fought me pretty hard on studies. So I, I actually got in a nice business school that was really hard to get. So then I'm like, all oh, the timing is right. I'm just going to focus on the on the school instead. And then I stopped playing for almost a year. I was still watching. And then I got, a, I, got I, think, I think it was Flight. I reached out. Um, he was in Fnatic before when we were playing in MTW. And all, I mean, maybe he wasn't there that early. But anyways, like he, he had been in Fnatic at TI. So we've knew, known each other. Same with Note. We weren't friends or anything, but we played against each other a lot. Um, and then he reached out saying that they were looking for a coach and that... And at that point, they had won the the Frankfurt Major um, end of 2015. It must have been that the, sounds right. The Frankfurt yeah. Major, yep. and then they bumped out of the of the Shanghai Major uh, early of 2016. Like they had really bad result, and then they started looking for a coach after mm. that, basically. And the Manila Major was coming up, 
And then I realized, because I was quite frustrated with my own results, I felt like I was not as bad as what my results were in terms of my understanding of the game. It was not even about my ability to play. It was At that point, it was just like, I felt like I understood this game better than, yeah, some of the teams that were knocking me out in these tournaments. Then, and then I was like, well, maybe if these guys are... Like these guys must are good enough to win these tournaments. They've already done it, so it's gonna be my last. Like life is offering me the last chance to get the answer whether or not I was actually bad this entire time. I was telling myself lies, or if I actually had a good grasp on this game. But I don't know. Either I ruined it for myself or unfortunate events, whatever. So then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go with that and see what happens. And then this, how the OG thing started. Then I I flew with them to the boot camp of the mini major. We won it. Had great impact there. Then we won. Um, then we basically won all the majors we went to. Like I think there was the yeah. it was the Boston after, and then the Kiev major, and there was TI six in between. We coached, but we we had bad results. It was the OG TNC lower bracket where we got knocked out. But TI six, uh, it was crazy. Like the scrims with that team. Honestly, I think OG TI six is maybe the best team I've been part of in terms of like dominating the other teams. I think even OGTI9, sure, in the tournament we're more dominant, but in scrims and mm. stuff, OGTI6 in scrims, you'd ask any player before TI who's going to win TI, they would tell you OG like almost 100%. Like we were, they were smashing everybody in scrims. I think they had like maybe 90% or 95% win rates. Like, oh, like stumps. Like, that is okay. So just for, just for some context, how insane that is in general. Yeah, yeah. Usually when teams scrim, you have like good days, bad days, days that you're experiencing, well, experimenting or whatever. 90% win rate in scrims is fucking ridiculous. It was, like, that it was is ridiculous. They would play anything and they would just, they, we, they, we would just, we were working really hard on strategies and stuff, but we could like be like, all right, you guys want to make Tinker work? Then we would theory craft, like how to make a good Tinker strat and whatever. Is this the Moon Meander lineup or is it my thinking of a different year? It was, yeah, it was Moon Meander, Miracle, Miracle Crit. Uh, no, I'm missing, I'm mixing it up. I get the two no years tail, mixed up big time. No Tail, Tal. Uh, Miracle, Crit and Moon, yeah, no, that's yeah, it's, I, think. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. With I Crit. think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Nah, that team was so good. It was. Poof. But then, uh, and also playing carry, right? Yeah, in that team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that team was so good. I mean, that team that 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 is the team that won ESL Frankfurt with Miracle playing Lion support. Oh yeah, I remember that. Crit playing Ricky Carry, like they, they could do whatever they you wanted. You got to the they grand finals. It was too easy. They three swap roles in the grand yeah. finals game. Like, like too whatever. Easy. Miracle's like, give me Lion. <laughs> just buying Yule's first item, and they stomped them in the grand finals. Oh my god, you're so good. That team was something else. That's that team true, was really right? something oh, else. What happened oh, from your man. experience? What happened at TI then to them? The pressure of being favorites. I think they mm -hmm. they 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 knew how good they were, and everybody knew that they were the team that was supposed to win. They destroyed the group stage uh even then even there there were already signs of shakiness and then this moment came where they we had to pick our opponent uh we had played mvp phoenix in manila major and destroyed them in playoffs i think the score of the game was even like 36 to 0 like it was like you know like they had no business even trying to beat us uh then we had to pick and it was between MVP Phoenix and another team that was much stronger, like or like on paper much stronger, like maybe like some Chinese powerhouse. I can't remember, mm -hmm. LFY or a newbie or something. I can't remember. Uh, then we picked MVP Phoenix, um, and then we went into this game. MVP Phoenix was a super aggressive YOLO team, right? Like they were known for their aggression. So I think they were already pretty not upset, but they were you know energized by the fact that we picked them, so that we thought we were going to beat them. They mm -hmm. wanted their revenge from Manila. 
you're playing these lineups where they had like five melee heroes. They would play like Darkseer, Bonnie Hunter, PA, Void, PA. They're like just Spirit Breaker and they're just running you down from the beginning of the game, like full aggression. And eventually when they play with that kind of energy, some things are going to go their way, right? Like they're going to get some kills. They're going to... And then we could... There was a lot of hype from the crowd, from their play style. Mm. So I, I wasn't in there, but I could feel the... I could feel how the mental warfare was not even close. It was so one-sided. Like you had OG on one side that was like playing to control the game, not lose. Basically, like every little victory that MVP would get in these games would feel like, like you know, like a shock to OG. Like how, like we just lost a fight. You know, like we're not supposed to lose a fight to that team. That kind of mentality, just the worst mentality to have. And they had nothing to lose. It's like every kill that they get, every creep that they get is like. See, like one step closer to maybe making it, mm. um, and yeah, they eventually they win first map and then they win the, the last map. Like I don't know, they just had they had nothing to lose, and I think that that's what win new games at the end of the day. Like I I do feel like when you get to these tournaments, uh, especially TI, there's so much on stake. You cannot play with fear. You cannot play with uh, yeah. And so then they win that series, and then we realize that it was a big mistake to pick the weaker team, or that it could come with a lot of challenges like mental challenges in terms of in terms of mentality and then we play tnc a lower no then we play one lower bracket round against infamous maybe or something we win best of one and then we play tnc uh same kind of story but i feel at that point the pressure was immense like i feel like the players were very nervous going into that that series uh probably they were telling each other's unconsciously that they're not supposed to be in lower bracket that i don't know what they were telling themselves but they were definitely in a really bad mindset uh and yeah and then we bump out against CNC and in these moments it always happens like you know how you get brooded in the last game of the tournament like 24 pick it's classic because I think your emotions got the better of you even though you don't understand so you stop thinking rationally and you you start making doing a lot of mistakes you're kind of stuck in your trying to fight your inner emotions instead of like being in the moment and being like aware and in control of what's happening so what I mean is like even drafting wise yeah, there was a lot of disasters I think for instance we were a big Huskar Dazzle team and we had created that strat with OG. It was a classic OG and Miracle Huskar, like everybody saw highlights, uh, Fly Dazzle, and they were the best at it. Uh, we get, they pick Dazzle. Nobody speaks about Huskar in the draft. I wasn't in the draft, right? I'm, I was just coach. I was backstage. Back then, coaches were not allowed. But then we get Huskar and I see the the body language of the players when they get Huskar and I can tell that they're mm -hmm. like, it's like a shock, you know, like, and like they're like, just stuff like that you could tell it was like a slow you know like they're on their way to hell and nothing's gonna stop it if it wasn't ti and just any other tournament you do you think it would they would have reacted differently maybe maybe i feel like it's because it was ti and it meant too much and they visualized themselves winning ti that year all mm -hmm. of them and and i think that they felt like whatever they did would maybe take something away from them Mm. even though they hadn't earned anything and they should have understood that they are there yet to take it but i think they really they, they thought about it so much that they felt that well if i'm gonna make that if i'm gonna take that risk then i might lose what i have but in reality they didn't have anything and they had to go get it um but yeah so yeah i think they were handicapped like they couldn't play it to their standards and this is this is the year where we understood the importance of mentality going into these big events and we started bringing psychological support in OG after that because we realized that's what killed any chance we had at the tournament even though we were by far the best team I still believe it 
And I, I wouldn't say that of OGTI 8, for instance. Like, I'm really trying to be, like, objective about it. Obviously, maybe some people might disagree, but my opinion is that Dota was, that was the best team uh, that, that season. And um, and then we also learned the lesson. That's why we rolled dice at TI 8, OG, and TI 9 when we had to pick an upper bracket because mm. we never want to be put in that situation again. And I remember we argued, I think it was Sokshka that made the counter argument because I told him, I am never picking the weaker team uh, ever again. Uh, and then he's like, but... Like, what does it, what sense does it make to pick like LGD, like the strongest team? Like, why are you doing this to yourself? You're, you're trying to have the hardest role possible. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if you had any help, any, if you could get any additional help to win TI, you'd take it, right? So, you know, I understand where he was, where he was coming from. He's like, just be smart about it. Take the, 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 the easiest way. Why not? Like, it's like the PTSD from the past, right? Yeah, the PTSD. And I understand his argument. And that imagine you, you pick the stronger team and they're super strong and then they actually beat you, send you to lower bracket. All of a sudden, you have one chance instead of two. So then I'm like, okay. Like, we, I remember with Johan, we sat down, talked about it a lot and we realized, actually, we just, we just can't flip. It's like the only way. It's the perfect way because no matter what if we were drafted against any team we would just take what's coming you know like nobody right. complains about brackets or something did like, you I mean, do it in front of the other teams or yeah we wanted that because then we realized uh it might actually intimidate them also it mm. might be one bird two song like if right. they're like yeah we think we're so good that's not what we, how we thought but they don't know what we think so we're like maybe they're gonna think that we're thinking that we're so good and so confident that no matter who we face we're just gonna smash you anyway so you know what it doesn't matter so we felt like it could look kind of badass and that the other teams would maybe get intimidated <laughs> so for the mental warfare it would even help so we even asked valve if they could set up because we were like maybe they want to have an official like that it's officially it's not that right. would have been sick to be televised as well my so we had, but we did it in front like i think it was one of the i think maybe it was Eric johnson or somebody that coined like flipped the coin and because there was this room where everybody would hang out and we kind of did it like in front of everybody then who it's going to be. And it ended up being uh, uh, SVG's team. I can't remember what they were named that year. VGG's Storm, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, lessons from every TI. Like, you lose and then next year you come back smarter and stronger and, and understand certain things yeah. about what fits you and what doesn't. But, so, okay, you skipped TI7. You can just recap that quickly. It's yeah. Similar sort of TI6, yeah. at least from the outside perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other problems, but... Yeah, same. Maybe not as dominant that team. I don't think as strong as TI6, but definitely not a top 12 team. Hmm. Um, same kind of story. Yeah. TI7, I think we start in lower bracket, actually. Hmm. I always remember there was like, um, it was IG. If they 2 0 their opponent, we would be upper. And if they 1 1 lower, they're smashing the game. They're like 15k gold lead. Boboka is playing Monkey King, plus four. And he buys Balfury. And we were watching the game, we were like, wait, what? Monkey has Balfury? Like, what is he doing? He bought Balfury, Sanjaniyasha on Postcard Monkey. Grief with Anti-Mage, I think. Burning anti They had double Balfury on Anti-Mage and Monkey. And we're watching that, what is this? And now they start losing fights. And they lose the game. We actually thought they did it on purpose back then. We were very upset. Because mm -hmm. nobody would buy Balfury Monkey. Like, it was literally... It, look, it really looked like griefing, but we could not prove it. Anyways, and then we started lower brackets. And then I think we lost... We won one round and lost the second. But that team was like... A bit dysfunctional. Uh, mm. uh, Anna Fly was not working that well that year. Yeah, Fly is like very hardworking, uh, not for bad reasons. Like, but they're just very different. Anna is like very different. You need special treatment. So up until this point, you as a coach, um, but okay, here's a better question: Were you ever considered? Because you guys change rosters yep. every year a little bit. Were you ever considered like? Why did you ever never put your hand, uh, your hat in the ring? 
Or did we, um, you just like solidified as coach and you weren't ever thinking about coming back as a player? I mean, I maybe maybe there was a little voice inside that maybe I was not confident enough. Maybe, but I don't think that was the main reason. To me, the main reason was I'm I'm very passionate about Dora, like about the game and about the strategy, like a lot. It's like it's it's a big passion for me. So I felt like what would kind of feed my need would be to see the highest Dora being played. That's the only thing that really ever mattered to me. And I felt like, so if I felt that I could help that achieve that more as a coach than as a player, then I would, I would actually rather coach than in that mm. case. And it's only when I felt like I would look at players and I felt like they, they're not, they're, they're not good enough, kind of, then I, this is when the urge of playing came back. Mm. Uh, but with that roster of OG, I never felt like that. Like you I would look at them. Ridiculous rosters. Yeah. Every year. I would look at them and I would, I would actually just learn, learn, learn just from mm. watching mm. and I could have. I could like push the Dota as hard as I could, even like, you know, like I had to work on keep pushing it and they would just execute it and execute it even better than I even saw it come together. It was wonderful. Uh, but then at some point that went away and this is when the play, the itching to play came again. Cause then I realized that we, I can't access that level anymore or that team can't and me being a coach doesn't help. No, I'm just dealing with like some people losing confidence or not understanding like basics and stuff like that. So yeah. That's when it came back. Okay, so the precursor to TI eight, we've heard. We yeah. don't really. You, need, you don't need to go in depth because <laughs> no. we've talked about this so much, both with No Tail and Fly on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Uh, but can you give us TLDR of that year? TLDR of that year was that um, trust was broken. Um, it doesn't need to be that TLDR. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 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 You have more than like twenty words. Okay. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, the, um, that team that team had achieved such high highs that obviously they had really high standards for themselves and I think that they failed to speak the truth to each other or speak exactly how they felt out of good intentions because they didn't want to hurt each other mm. or like uh, you know you have different teams like obviously now we talked about MTW and KBOP style which is one extreme but I think OG was maybe sometimes the other extreme where we would be too be, soft. Yeah, over. Yeah, we would think so much about how that per, how is that person gonna welcome what I say? Is it gonna hurt him? Is it gonna hurt his confidence? Like people would be so people treated each other in OG like so. It was it was wonderful, really. And sometimes it was too much. Sometimes like you have to break the ice. You have to tell bro, I think you're you're underperforming these days. I don't think you're putting in the effort. I think you're playing worse. That is something that they would never dare to say to each other. Mm. But if some of them started thinking that and kept that for themselves and kind of let it rot. And also, I think outside people from the team started talking shit into their ears. Like, uh, oh, this, you know, like you always have that. Like a lot of people are going to come and say, oh, he's not playing really well these days. Easy. And I think it's up to you. Like you can't stop people from knocking at, at that door. That's the way I look at it. But you can decide whether you are, you're going to open it or not. And I think that's the responsibility as players and as teammates. And if I'm going to let somebody outside of the team tell me that, that my teammate is not good enough, first of all, he doesn't have any context. He doesn't know. Uh, for, all, for, for all we know, I could be disabling my teammate because I'm toxic to him, for instance. You know, people maybe could have looked at Sindatia and be like, well, they lost because he lost his mid lane or he died at the rune. But nobody in his shoes could have performed. Maybe most people would not have even. It was hard. Up. <laughs> it made a TI no, but, you know what I mean? Like maybe some players maybe would not even have showed up, or the mm -hmm. team would have disbanded before. So from the outside, you you don't know. 
you, you you cannot really say what happens you sure you can take a guess like well it seems that but anyways like you don't even ask outsiders to have the right read but i feel like it's criminal to let yourself get influenced by that this is when you're just being stupid now you know so anyways so there was a lot of that and then um yeah people started i mean honestly let's just say how it is i think tal started really losing um, trust in johan's ability uh probably in mine but i don't think he was ever convinced with mine as a player not to and i never really hated him for that or even wait you guys didn't play together did you yeah yeah because did? i did so basically oh. rezo oh right we, we, on the team yeah we removed yeah. rezo it didn't work with rezo it didn't click otherwise i think I, I i don't think he was on par with og's understanding of the game let's mm. uh, be fully blunt i don't think he understood these things so it was really hard to make it work it was a struggle. He was a really good player, great ethics, super nice guy, great player, but just the Dota, it, it didn't work. So we tried really hard and then ended up putting that to rest. Then I joined in because Johan really wanted me to play. I think Tal maybe didn't want, but for the lack of a better option, he was like, sure, let's try it. Even though that's not how it went, but I could feel that it was like that. Um, maybe S4 was not convinced either. And actually, I would say I don't think Jesse was convinced either. If I'm gonna be fully Wait, honest, what position did you play at that time? Then? I played, I think I played mid. I mid? think I played mid. Yeah, I manned up. I, I Reza, Reza was mid then. Yeah, I actually play. played mid, and maybe we swapped with Johan because I also played carry. I think the last game of Birmingham, I'm playing Medusa for Spectre, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. think about it, it's so crazy. I remember playing scrims. I'm playing Alk and. Oh my god, we have no idea. I was playing mag mid. And... <laughs> oh, dude, these times. So, but I, I think Yesse was also like, oh, really, Seb? I'm not so sure. But Yesse is much more of a trusting kind of person. I think he's much more laid back with these things and he gives people. It's different tempers. But I wouldn't blame anybody to feel how they felt. I haven't played in a while. I think I thought it was justified and I thought I had to prove myself. Anyways. But you were like, throughout all this time, you were pubbing the shit. Out yeah, of the I was actually rank one from mid like the season before because i had to help anna because when anna joined the team he wouldn't barely speak at all like he was super shy like uh, mega shy so he would never dare to speak so we had to ask him questions like do you like this lane and he's like yeah it's fine it's fine and then i realized he so i started playing his heroes to understand and then i would speak for him like no he doesn't like this thing it's terrible you need to go, <laughs> oh my God. like you need to get You're like his here. guardian in the yeah, game yeah so it would be like oh no, my son will not play this lane <laughs> sure it is no, but I'm like i'm like you need to look at this I, 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 you have to help him when they dive him like this it's gonna ruin this game you know and then anna would actually not say a word but then it made things better so i was spamming his heroes like mid and i spammed it so much from mid to until i got rank one because it's probably much easier to when you play these roles than when you play support or anyways uh, yeah, yeah so my, I, I was I was not a problem. Yeah, if I played mid, <laughs> you'd be right. Like, no problem. So I was not an unexperienced mid player, but anyway. So what I mean is like it was the rocky foundations to that team already, um, and then yeah, the the trust started being broken between Johan and Tal a little bit, but they never had the conversation. I don't think Tal ever said these things, and the results were bad, and it was this whole period of rezo with a lot of losses. Yeah, people started losing kind of faith and stuff. So it started being kind of two teams within the team. I feel like Tal and S4 were spending a lot of time together. Um, everybody was praising S4 a lot. Uh, and then like from the outside. So I think people from the inside also believe that maybe he's the best player. Even though I thought at that point he, he was far from being the best player. I think he was the one holding the team back the most. In terms of his commitment. and But whatever. It's different 
different topics. But uh, then it leads to that situation where they ended up leaving, which, you know, in hindsight, like as in, because I, I, I listened to what uh, Fly said on this podcast and I fully, I agree with what he says that I, I, I do feel like it has, you know, it has lingered too much, like, kind of like I am, what he said really resonated in me. Like, I understand what he said and he's like, can we please like put this behind? Uh, I, I get that. And I also think that to me, it's also put behind, but I, I do feel like it's more of the way things happened and that, and it's actually because we thought really high of him and we still do. Cause if he was a, like, I would never, I don't have any grudge with cave office. Like, I don't care. Like I never expected anything from this guy, you know, but when you look, <laughs> no, but you get it. Like, it's like, it's just like, you, you're only disappointed by the people that you allowed, you allowed him to disappoint you. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, else you're just indifferent. Mm. It's like, and obviously we looked up to him a lot and, and stuff. So it's like, that's why it hurt. And that's why we were always like, it's like, just say something, you know, like stuff like that. So that's why it became that big of a thing. And of course the timing was very, very rough. All of that anyways. Uh, but yeah. Um, so then that happens. And then do we have to reform? Everybody knows the story. And then we get to TI-8 and, and then TI-9. And this story I feel like is, is very known. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it's... Um, it's been quite the ride. It's been quite the ride with these players, for sure. I mean, it's it's kind of funny to think back on how that bad split led to better results for every player involved yeah. than if you had stayed together, probably. Yeah. And that doesn't that doesn't justify if you do things in a specific way. Exactly. Like if you, if you there, I'm sure thinking back, like I wouldn't be surprised if everybody in the team, if you do a little bit of soul searching, there's yeah. probably things you could have done better. You know, it's one thing if one player could have said or done something more. It's also other people could have maybe you know pushed more for that yep. like if you see in some person that they're not able to do something specific like again just as our example with that whole ti2 thing we were super inexperienced with what we know now thinking back on that there's so many things we could have said to each other back yep. then to bring each other back into confidence or solve problems where i think especially in the earlier years of dota 2 the thing that killed teams the most was that people didn't talk it is yeah there was no like, communication at all the then the what's it called the um, not stereotype. What do you call it when there's something that everybody just says all the time? Like a, a saying that everybody says. What's that called again? You know what I mean? I'm sure chat can help here as well. I can't. Go ahead. Cliche. There okay. it is. Cliche. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So the cliche is always like a team is like a relationship. And yeah, it is. That's what it's, people say. It really I think it's is. Much more complicated even because it's a five way Yeah, it's a five way relationship. With five people from different cultures, different ages, like it is such a mess. Like it different backgrounds, different stories, mm. different characters, like tempers. Whew, it's hard to make it work. So you as a coach though, do you did you always have like this life coach mentality? Because that's what you're kind of known for. In a lot of ways. actually, or is that something you learned as the year? I learned it. I mean, I'm sure Syndrome would be well. Okay, if you had to answer that question, what would you say? Like, how how was I, for instance, back in the days? At TI two compared to the toxic as fuck. <laughs> compared to the image that that that, or it's not only an image compared to what I became like right. these days. But I think definitely not the same. Uh, but I also think, again, like we've already talked about, I think it's very hard to be the best person you can be if you're put in situations where it's not possible to perform who you are. Uh, but I think all of us obviously learned something from back then. The thing I remember is, if I think to myself now, the Seb from 2016 and onward, the situations that we had in 2012, you would have, like, the, the way you guys almost got into, like, fights, we would have had a totally different approach to it, right? Like, 
I think myself now, I would like to think at least that I wouldn't just, you know, take it on the chin and just be like, ah, it's okay, you know, whatever, that you'd like look for a solution instead of just letting things just blow out of proportion, right? So I think you probably after that learned that, okay, this is more on a personal level than we thought, because we were just thinking about the Dota, right? Yeah. And, and and understood that, okay, probably the way that you handle things as well back then were not what you could have done. Because yeah. like we were we were dealing with, we've talked a lot about kebab, right? And and I think out of all of them in that in this team, like that was probably the catalyst for the worst things that happened. But we absolutely could have done better ourselves, 100%. right? 100%. We could have we could have looked for solutions to problems that we didn't really necessarily think were that big. We could have helped him. We could talk to him. You know, work things out. I'm sure we There's were also so many... bringing our our fair share of yeah also so ourselves, right? like, it's not like we're like saints we're the ones telling the story so we can obviously yeah, yeah. say it our way right but like looking back i'm certain we could have all done so much more now that we know but i don't like think back and like blame any individual in particular it's like yeah it was a bad experience but i i feel like it's just being dishonest to yourself to be like i, yeah. I was great and everyone else in that team was the problem right yeah because everybody could have done better. We we talked a lot about the toxicity, but then you also had someone like, like you said, like Funzi maybe, who was just like kind of chilling, you know, yeah. which doesn't contribute either. If you're no. just the guy who's just sitting there like, yeah, but, it's whatever, you know, I'm just trying my best or losing. No, whatever, not even, not even. I, I think he would even admit that I'm not trying my best. I don't feel like trying my yeah. best. Like, but okay, like to your question, like, and it relates to what you also added, like uh, there are things that I've learned that I didn't have back then. So for instance, I've learned, I mean, I, I'm very focus driven for kind of person. Everybody's different. I'm very focus driven. I'm the kind to, you know, never stop working until I make it. I can handle a lot of uh, toxicity, a lot of uh, pain, a lot of people doubting me. I can, I can deal with, I can strive in a very toxic or difficult environment. That's just who I am. And I can get through that. So there was a lot of things that I would accept and that I would go through. And I would also put some people sometimes like, let's say that I would treat people the same way I would accept to be treated. So I would not mistreat them. But for instance, if somebody would, uh, would slack, I would try to push them. I'd be like, don't slack. Like you got to work harder. You, I was kind of that kind of person. But the problem is that I only view the world from my own prison. So, and I think that's something that you have really had to learn in teams is that everybody's different. Everybody has like truly different and everybody gets enabled by different things. And a sentence might, make me more confident or energized and it might break the other. And, yeah. and, and, and I, and I feel like, uh, yeah, you could tell somebody, I, I, I think you suck and you'll never make it. You tell that to me, this is like gas for the next 10 years. And you tell that for somebody else, they might just be like, you know what? I think he's right. Like, I'm just going to walk away. Like he's all right. He's right. I'm, I'm a, I'm a failure. I'm never going to make it. So you had to say something else. Um, so I feel like that you, you get to learn and get to really learn empathy basically and understand that, well, if somebody, like, for instance, a story that I often tell, and to me is like the perfect, the prime example, uh, is, is Anna Pritiait, for instance. Like, Anna would never play his heroes in pubs. The only pubs we got him to play, or he ended up playing, he's playing some pudge position four, running around, uh, playing party queue with like literally 3K MMR party queues. Like, I've never seen him play one Spectre in a pub, ever. One PL, never. And we'd see all the other carry players all day, like the Ortizes and stuff, like all day spamming pubs, spamming. I'd play against them myself in pubs and they're getting better and better every game. And my carry player is playing like <laughs> 2D games on browsers yeah. or he's like, ah, oh, I'm like, do you want to party queue or something? He's like, okay, sure. And then he's playing Pudge, like literally diving tier trees. Like he doesn't even try, you know? And imagine like it's the most important tournament of your life. Like it's TI coming up and you want your teammates. You want to feel that your teammates 
are gonna give it their all, right? And obviously, this guy doesn't look like he's giving it any, giving it anything. Um, what I mean is, like, you know, he's gonna get destroyed in a scrim as Spectre. You just assume that he's gonna queue a Spectre game, maybe, or or look a replay. No, you know, just like wow. playing two D chess or whatever. <laughs> like, really? So how did he get good? It's in a week. But then, so I we had this moment with Johan where like I I started pushing Anna, but but then I, I would change already, but I. That was even too extreme for even the new me, kind of. And I was like, Anna, you, maybe you want to play a little bit more of these heroes. If you don't like these pubs, I can party queue with you. I'll play support, like, just so that you get a grasp of what you like and stuff. And then, you know, I was like, he took me apart. And he's like, Seb, I really think you need to stop. Don't push. Like, we've already brought it up. He doesn't want, he doesn't want. We have to leave it at that. And he's like, instead of, like, trying to look at what he does through your own eyes like because yeah me if you don't see me play any games before the tournament probably means i'm not gonna try very hard but that's me and for him i realized that for instance i think anna is somebody who, like with a big imposter syndrome like he's convinced that he's not as good as what people think he is at the i8 he probably thought he's the worst player of the tournament and i think when he would play these games like after thinking about it and discussing it with johan that has usually really good empathy and good read and i realized he's already thought of that and that's why he's also holding me back because he's protecting anna from me, even though I was not trying to hurt him, I right, was trying right. to help, right? Yeah. Then he's like, we realized that, well, if he's going to put himself to the test before the test actually comes, it's going to expose some of his, weakness. I don't know, he's going to get outplayed in the pub, for instance, and that's going to destroy his confidence. He's, it's going to confirm what he already thinks about himself that, well, I mean, I can't even beat this random pub player. I'm just going to get eaten up by these TI players. I have no chance. So then the least he played, and then he would watch us a lot and get a lot of confidence from all oh, my teammates are pretty good. Like, you know, like they're pretty sick. Uh, and then he would bond a lot with us. And then once we would go there and then he's just thrown into the, the lion pit or whatever you call it. It's like, well, uh, I might be bad or something, but I got to try, you know. And then then he's like the best player of the tournament. But, you know, like it's just a way to say that if you push this guy and you force him to play and play and play. And then he it's just different people, right? You, you, you can't just apply the same recipe to people. So. What I've learned, and it's mostly thanks to Johan, because he had really that approach where I was, but everybody's different, right? For instance, he's not as focus-driven as I am, so he's going to be much more laid back, and maybe he's going to let people kind of start slacking, because it does happen too, right? So that's why we always found balance, where I'm always pushing, he's like, just chill a bit, like, read the room, like, understand how that person feels right now, stuff like that. But I feel like if you learn empathy, and then you start understanding, like, before judging somebody just asking yourself like who is he how does he feel right now yeah but you gotta you gotta secure basics right and the basic is like hey are we all here for the same reason you know because if somebody tells me no i'm not here to try to win tournaments or i'm not here to be become the best team with you guys i'm here because i enjoy traveling you know i actually don't like this game well maybe we have a problem <laughs> no, but then it's like okay we there, this is a mismatch we got to do something about it mm -hmm. but if everybody's like yep yeah, I'm committing, you know, you know, like let's uh, let's uh, let's high five each other. So we're committed. Then every, I think you gotta respect that everybody's different and have their own ways of getting to where they want to get. And instead of like doubting them, it's better to understand and help. Uh, so that that's one thing that really changed throughout my uh, when I, when it was the NTW time. I was opposite. I was like, I would just push blindly people. Like you gotta do more. Like I'm gonna, but. I was helping. I was helping as much as I could. It's like, let's sit down together. Let's watch the replay. Let's play lanes. Let's do this. Let's do that. But that was a big mistake. Uh, I mean, a big mistake. It was one of the things that I felt like were very dysfunctional. Yeah, and mm. change in the future. Um, you hear this, Shannon? 
see when I'm not prepared for the podcast, that's part of who I am. No, that so you can't. That's what I mean. There's a fine line between being empathetic <laughs> and also that's that's why being it's a tricky. Lacking pile of garbage. Exactly, yeah. it's tricky because it's I'm not, not saying, that bad. I'm not saying everybody's perfect and whatever anyone does is unquestionable. Of course, it's not like that, but you know, like I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, it's fine. That's very interesting. Yeah, uh, definitely learned a lot at the DC boot camp with similar things where a player like Rezo just workaholic yeah. and he would get annoyed at other players on the team that have to like feel like they have to just play arcade games yeah. just to because they can't handle the same type of regimen yeah, right? that's a classic and it, for instance like some so it's important to have fun while you play right i, I mean or for some people it's important i've met yeah. players that still have this i'm playing a video game and i'm really enjoying it like i think for Jax, for instance it was luck like that like he had he had a lot of fun playing some of the scrims too like even the losing scrims like he would laugh and giggle at what happened and i would be like <laughs> how do we lose this fight we're not supposed to lose this fight because i'm just about the theory so i'm like and Jared's like this guy's cosmetics are really like fun. you know execution wise <laughs> i'm i'm pissed off at this game because my as in like not my teammates don't know but in my in, in my head i'm super pissed off because i'm thinking about the theory and the draft and how this fight should have been won in terms of timings and state of the game and he's just laughing so much because there's this animation with you know <laughs> I realize, it's like a comedy you know what i mean like but but it makes him play better like i don't know that's how he finds joys and joy and a energy. lot of clips from those true sites and yeah just laughing he's having, yeah tiny laugh. airlines coming in like <laughs> and he's actually just having yeah. a lot of fun but he's also trying to win he's here to win too yeah but he's different we're, we're built different right so i think it's important and that's what i mean what you said about some players if they play too much maybe it's not fun for them anymore yeah there's no freshness in playing they don't they're not excited about oh let's let's play dora guys like let's make something come together this is, yeah, this resonates with me a bit because I remember back with uh, so this was before we started playing at TI2. So again, the the context and things are very different back then, right? But I was playing. Do you remember I was playing with Grunther? Yeah, you remember that guy? That was the Honey Badger, right? Right. Yeah. So he we played we played together in that team, and I remember he at some point he's he was telling me I play the best when I play heroes that I haven't been playing a lot. Okay. So he was like, when he was like literally just sitting down grinding, playing the same hero over and over again, he felt like he started playing worse because it became like autopilot. It was more like he wasn't finding the same excitement yeah. and enjoying it. So he was like, just try to, let's just try to pick and play different things. And it's interesting that I sometimes, I sometimes feel that in myself as well, that if I sit down and one day, I'm not a player who's just going to sit down and be like, today I'm playing 15 games of Wyvern in yeah. a row because I want to perfect Wyvern. Because I feel like at some point it starts becoming a little bit of a chore and some of the fun goes out of it. So it's not like I don't want to practice my hero, but I want to find that balance where I come in with the right mindset of I'm ready to learn, I want to try something new, and not, oh, I told myself I have to play 15 games of Wyvern again. Now it's game number 12. And, and it's like, oh, let me just get this over with. And right? to me, I feel like in a team, that is so precious information and it's so important to respect that. Because for instance, for that, we'd be opposites. Like to me, mm -hmm. if I play 15... Magnus is in a row and at the 11th game I felt like my laning was perfect I actually thought of the right item this is where I find a lot of joy I have this reward feeling that comes now I'm like I can feel the improvement I'm getting much better at this I'm I have control over this situation now and that's what I like and uh, you know what so if somebody would try to coach both of us at the same time and would force me to do what you do it's like no you got to play different heroes be creative he would ruin me and mm -hmm. and vice versa right and I feel like it's really in most teams it's completely uh, it's unnoticed it goes unnoticed then you were talking about the dc bootcamp i wonder how it went there but it's like i'm sure there must have been a lot of that and rezo getting frustrated because people don't work as hard as he does so he's he's not actually not frustrated the fact that they don't play he just thinks that they care less than he does and that's a frustrating thing i i, I can relate to that but 
in reality, it's not true. I mean, if they're on the other side of the world with people they don't know and just sitting there all day having to work together, obviously they care. They wouldn't mm -hmm. be here if they didn't, right? Yeah. So you got to go one step further and kind of read into who they are and what they need, actually. Just like you need them to play more or like you need them to, to show that they're as committed as you so that you feel good. Well, they need something from you. So it's give and take, right? Like try to figure out what they need and give it. Okay, so we're running a little over. Okay, it's, we, we have we have time. Yeah. I don't want to keep here too long, so let's speed this up a bit. This no, section, okay. uh, because it, you did mention like you won two TIs. Obviously, uh, we're not going to talk about that too much because I actually find that less interesting because it's been so well documented. Like, yeah. There's other stuff which is much more interesting to me personally. Hopefully, the viewers feel the same. Uh, so you win two TIs, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you Congrats. come back. Yeah, good job. TI ten, you play with Sumail. Yeah. Uh, you guys, is it top six? Was it? Uh, no, no, I don't think we made it top six. We top lost eight, in, yeah, maybe. Really? We, we lost. Okay. No, we lost first round upper bracket, then won two rounds. No, one round in lower, and then lost second one in lower. So I don't know what makes you. That's. That's maybe even twelve. That's top eight. Okay. Right. You're the robot. Yeah. yeah you just, just if you start in uppers and you drop down, you're top twelve. Oh, okay. Then we won so, one series. Again, top eight. Quincy. Yeah. So then you're top. Or eight. what? I don't know what the. Pi seventy. Yeah, seventh, eighth. Okay. okay. Yeah. For measly one million dollars. Okay. <laughs> so how disappointing was that? I mean, I've, yeah. most a lot of teams like top. Eight, oh, that's pretty good. Not bad. No, we were super disappointed. Very disappointed. Uh, very disappointed. No, that was a rough, really rough TI for us. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it, that's it's mainly why the three of us uh, retired or went away from the game mm. uh, because of that. It was very rough. Because we had really peaked as OG before, like we had reached reached that that level of like uh, Dota wise, but also as a team, I think we really understood how to build how to build a championship team, like a team, and we felt like actually that TI, I felt like I was ready to play the best Dota I ever played. I think Topias felt the same too. Johan has it has had his up and down during the season, but I think for TI he was also super ready. Um, but we were not a team, really, with the two others, I think. Um, they were great. We got along pretty well, but we didn't manage to establish, like, the deep Dota connection mm. with each other. Yeah, I think uh, there was still a lot of second-guessing, a lot of doubts. And with the three of us, there's we're literally three fingers of the same hand. I don't know how to put it, but it's like, there's never any question asked in the game. And with the others, it was... So it really brought us back to... Times that we did not enjoy or did not miss, let's put it this way. Uh, and I think we realized that actually during the tournament, and I think it hit us so hard, like it was so hard to swallow, that ah, we're actually not truly a team. Uh, I think we actually did not recover from it. And we maybe could have went deeper. I think had we not be let it affect us as much, the three of us, like mentally, I mean, or like emotionally, maybe we could have played better and went deeper. I mean, we did face Team Spirit, so maybe we did not, we would not. But um, I think that kind of broke us during the tournament. And then we just, well, whatever, let's uh, let's do as good as we can. But I think, yeah, we realized we're not going to win TI this year, 100%. And well, if you feel like that during the tournament, yeah. chances are you're not going to win. Yeah. So you uh, retire, and then new OG comes up. Yeah. New young blood. Very young. A lot of people, like myself, I hadn't heard of almost anybody on the yeah. team before. And they start owning online. Obviously, the first 
I can't. What, what was their placement in the first? Because it was a regional final. I think the, major. their absolute first series was against Secret, and they stomped them. Mm. Yeah. So everybody was like, "Oh, okay, they're not bad." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the two majors that actually occurred, you had the stand-in for Misha because yep. of visa issues. What the hell was that? Like? That was one of them, right? <laughs> the two oh, of them. Both. Actually, yeah. Wait, you stood in for both. Yeah, yeah. Stockholm and Arlington. Yeah. Wait, so which one am I thinking of that Chu stood in for? That was... Uh, that was Malaysia. That was CSL Malaysia, okay. Right, right. Genting, I think it was? Or... That was the Malaysia one, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, visa problems, I mean, obviously because of the, the war situation. Yep. Uh, every, like, both times, we only got the memo, like, really late, because obviously they were trying all they could to get the visa approved. And then it got denied, like, 10 days before, and then realized, okay, it's too risky, so we don't have time to... So we got to figure out a plan B, like, go with the plan B. Uh, yeah, I think the first one I was, I was not super keen on going because I I don't know I, I really wasn't ready. I got a ten day notice. Like you wanna can you go play and take support? Yeah. <laughs> so at first I'm like, does Johan not wanna go? Or and then he's like, he hasn't played Dora at all, so he felt like it's not good. Mm. Then we had other options from players from other teams, but then but I, they hadn't played as many pubs as you. No, so. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> then I realized okay maybe I'm. I'm the best suited person to help the team in that moment. So um, then I said yes. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. It was very refreshing. Um, playing five was very fun too. I understood a lot of the things I put Johan through as a core player. So that was really <laughs> funny. Because it's so funny. I would come to him because he was in Stockholm too. So I would come to him like, oh man, like, you know, stuff like your core warning about their lanes, you know, like it's classic, like your core thing, like, I could really use the water now, or like, uh, you know, this guy dies like on my lane and stuff. And then sometimes you have your three cores saying three things that are very relevant. But from your perspective, it's like, what do you mean? Like the mid laner is asking for a gank, the other one needs a ward, and this guy's like, can you TP, can you TP? I'm like, guys, like, pause one second. Like, hello? <laughs> like, can you chill? And then Johan would be like, hmm, really? Huh? That's how I feel? Well, that must be rough, man. I wonder what you're going through. Uh, it made me really reflect a lot on a lot of things. It was fun. Uh, it was fun playing, fun playing with young players, as in players that are super excited about any game they go into, you know, I've had, I had missed that feeling or I would only get it, I would only get that feeling against teams that I felt that it was going to be really hard to beat them. Then I would get this super excite, excitement feeling, which is a really bad thing because it just makes you a worse player and competitor. But for instance, like, I don't know, they had to play whoever, first team in the group stage and it's like, they're so pumped, you know, like I can feel like the energy and they're like, they can't even sit down and, and I miss that. So I got, I, they helped me get this back kind of, like it felt really good. Um, what else? Um, they had different approach of the game, approaches with which I sometimes completely disagree, but I was in a position where I'm like, well, I'm just standing in. So I'm just going to shut up, try to play as best I can, try to understand mm -hmm. what they like and just try to fit in. So that was fun. But there were games where I was playing and inside I was like face palming. I'm like, what are, what are, like, <laughs> uh, we're giving them, I'm, I'm like, hey guys, they're going through, they're rushing, you know? And they're like, it's fine. I'm like, okay, well, if this was my team, there is no way we're not smoking and we're just team wiping these guys. Like, how are they allowed to rush in this right. game? Are you kidding me? And, but I would not say anything. I'm like, okay, sure. Uh, so, you know, I guess I'm just going to ward. Yeah, I'm going to ward their jungle for when they're going to come with Aegis because apparently that's what's about to happen, right? Stuff like that, so it was kind of, it was funny. It was, it was a it was a fun experience, uh, but they were yeah, it was, it was and and then I took it as an opportunity, of course, to convey as many messages as I could. Mm -hmm. The first major, not as much as the second. The first one, I really acted and played to win as much as I could. Whereas the second, 
there was much more of me trying because I knew TI was coming and I knew that there were things that they needed to learn before TI came in order to beat the best teams when they're going to be peaking at TI. Because I knew that majors, it's really high level, but I feel like TI brings something else. You have these the greatest minds of the game that are, they will have spent like a month and a half thinking only about Dota and about how to break and what's the most broken stuff and how to make it work. And you got to put some respect in that. What I mean is like, you're not gonna, the Dota is maybe the same level, but I feel like the strategizing as at TI is always higher than at majors, much higher. Because uh, yeah, for a lot of reasons. So then in Arlington, I tried to push them out of their comfort zone uh, uh, much more, which they probably did not like as much because uh, yeah, it's always better to feel comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Which is also why I think we had a harder tournament. Um, How was it you placed in the two? We placed, we won Stockholm and we placed fourth in Arlington. Fourth, so yeah, all yeah. things considered, it was not that bad, but 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 yeah. And yeah, and that was it. And I think it helped them. It helped the learning arc a lot for them. I mean, obviously they're they're disappointed with this TI, but I don't think they're disappointed with their understanding of the game and how they play together. I think they really peaked, especially during the bootcamp. But it came with a lot of TI challenges. And as yeah. much as I warned them, I also realized that maybe that's how you feel you have... yourself. Sometimes, yes, yeah. I really think so. I think unless you feel it in your flesh, you know how they say it, like that you're dead inside. Like they say it all the time. I guess a sixteen-year-old. Like, uh, then you don't really understand the importance of certain things. And then now they're like, oh, yeah, that's what he meant. Or we should have done this this way or something. But I guess it's just how life works, right? Like, uh, you probably can't, yeah. Um, but yeah. All right, so before we move on, uh, you coming back? I already know the answer to this. You don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, really, I really don't know. Um, hmm. My answer is always no, but at the same time, I still feel the itch. Uh, it, I don't know why I'm kind of prisoner of that. It's just in terms of Dota. Like I feel like I feel like right now a lot more could be done with the game, and I feel like teams. I feel like like what you can do with Dota is not exploited as much as it could. So that frustrates me a lot, even though it shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So that's an itch to want to come back, but uh, everything else does not want to make come back. So I'm dealing with that. So answer is I don't, I really don't know. Okay. SAP segment. Oh, sure here we go. This, oh, this is good. Okay. You sure this is not getting too long for you? No, no, no. Don't worry about it. How uh, long have we how long have we been on? All right. Uh it's, it's an hour. It's and twenty half. to five. Okay. Yeah, it, it's it's totally fine. Okay. I didn't even get a single message, like it's totally fine. Okay. Oh, we have so... we have time. No, as in like there's nothing I'm needed for. So... Said, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> no. no so SAP fine. segment, me and Spinder and just asking. I've explained him how it works. Okay, okay. excellent. He's so... also gonna guess. For fun. Yeah, of okay. course. All right, so my last question was related to the team that pinged the most. Okay. They have that stat yeah. over all TIs. I thought it would be interesting to talk about just this TI. Okay. So most pings at this TI, including last chance qualifier. Oh, that's... Boom, OG, Liquid, Secret. Really? Most pings, no, including LCK. Of those four, which one is number one? But one of them is number one. It's not who has most of the four. Correct. Oh, okay. Because it's actually number one. Well, statistically secret, because they played LCQ, right? And Liquid did ah, as well. That's how you had works. Liquid and Secret as two of them, it's right? It's not on average. Yeah. yeah, it's total, right? Total pings used. Total. Oh. Okay. Is this oh, a trap? It must be Secret or Liquid. Yeah, or right? it's a trap. Or it's a trap. Well, that's a... What were the other two? Boom and... Boom, OG, Secret, Boom, OG, Liquid, liquid Secret. Yeah. OG have a lot of young players. They ping a lot. They ping a lot, yeah. They have so much energy. Yeah, and it's like a pub mentality. Like, you ping a lot in pubs, so yeah. they, 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 
They have the habit of pinging. I'm a, I'm actually gonna say OG. Yeah, it's a good guess. From no, I don't. Despite playing it... so many last games. Uh, I think I could go with OG. I think I could go with OG. Okay, they were fifth, so not even close. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. First was Boom. Oh wow! Almost ten thousand pings. Much more than the LCQ teams. That's crazy. So as a team, they had ten thousand pings. For Liquid, Boxy pinged forty six hundred himself. <laughs> he is by far the number one player. Wow. For pings. So he pings nonstop. I I don't know. Like maybe his keyboard malfunctioned or something. I don't know. How that that's crazy. Possible. I feel like for some players, it honestly might just be a tick. Maybe. Yeah. Almost, yeah right. For sure. You yeah. just. Whenever you see something, it's just instinct. It's you just, just ping, ping yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And then people need to learn to play with it. It's like, oh, Boxy's ping, I don't care. Just focus on the other ping. <laughs> Some players, you actually really have to, yeah. It's like, oh, oh look, Boxy's pinging again. What was it? <laughs> oh, we missed a deny. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> All right, yeah. what do you got, Cinderin? Okay, so mine is all-time at TI, who has the second most denies. Second. Second most oh. behind Ame. Ame has the most. Okay. Is it... A Dendi. Yeah, I was gonna go for B Dendi. Burning. C Somnus or D Resolution. You know what? Just be even though he hasn't been to that many TIs recently, I'm gonna say Dendi as well because he is obsessed with denies. Dendi is obsessed with denies, so that's he should be up there. I think Somnus has played the most and is one of the most dominant laners, so it could also be him. And I think Burning's time you would deny a lot on safe lane. A lot. Like mm. you having a, a carry with 40 denies was classic on safe lane during Burning's time. And who was the last one? Rezo? Rezo, yeah. I think, I think there's no chance it could be Rezo. So I would say, yeah, uh, it's hard. I mean, I want to say Dendi, but did he play as. I mean, he did play a lot too, right? Maybe he played as much as Sumnus. Which TIs did Dendi play? One, two, three. One, two, three. Four. One through like five or six. He also yeah. played at six, right? Yeah, we played against Navi at TI6. So I think he played six in a row. Okay, so maybe. I guess. They played all six? Probably. You went for Dendi? You went for Dendi? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go with Somnus then. You're right. Jack. Yes! Uh, actually yeah. Right. Yeah, Hell fun. yeah! So Finally. Dendi is second, Burning is fourth, so oh. he's actually ahead of Somnus, despite oh, Somnus playing so Rezo much more. Rezo is third? Rezo is ninth. Ah, okay, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't just take So Burning is ahead of Somnus? Yes. Okay. Burning's in fourth and Somnus is sixth. Yeah. So. All right, so last week's question was, how many games did Cinderin win at TI? And the correct answer was 14. Before TI-11 had started, that was ranked 69. Oh, nice. wonderful. Out of all the TI players. Uh, you won one at TI-1, not so great. Three at TI-2, four at TI-3, and then three... six at TI-6. So it just went better every year. We only got three maps in the group stage. <laughs> yeah. I guess 22, so only eight off. Uh, Mothman guessed 14 exactly. Good job. Also correct. Go. Lino Walker, Philip Ottison, and Jack McGurk. So next week's question is... It's nice to see that it's more every time. Yeah. That's good. At least. Yes, that makes good. me. That actually makes me... I didn't know that. That yeah. makes me feel better. From Funyun, how many Hellbear Smasher creeps have been killed in the history of TI? Which <laughs> they haven't been tracking that long, so it's going to have to be between TI-7 and TI-10, which is 772 so matches. So if you guys put your answers in the YouTube comments, hashtag SAP Esports, and then the number... Do you guys have any idea? I have fucking no clue. This is so hard. You know, this is like some business cases that you can have, like to try to, uh, it, like usually they have that with like how many planes are flying the sky right now or stuff like that. But we have the same in Dota. I like it. But you have to think how many, 
how many camps, how many times can they spawn per game? Like, so yeah. TI seven to TI ten. It, it's seven hundred seventy two matches. I'm gonna say, would you say ten die a game? No, I think much more than that. Much more. Yeah. So there's two jungles, and there's in all of these TIs. The, do the hellbears spawn in one or two camps? Because there might be one of the TIs that there's oh, two. No, that's true. There's even that's more, the thing, right? We're gonna do that. That's too hard. No, but it's pretty important. If there's two of these TIs, is, then there's but, two camps that have hellbears. Okay, you know, two big camps, so four big camps over the map. You said that it could be less some years or more. There's never been more than that, right? There's never been more than two, but or was there? Been, because no, there's three big camps. There's one in the other jungle, but there was no other jungle in the, at the time. No, I'm just thinking. So let's just take one jungle at a time. Radiant right now, jungle. There's six big camps on the map. Yeah, and and they can all have hellbears. Yes. So it's six. It was. I think it was four back then. Yes. Right? So okay, cut it to. Five. Okay, sure. Or maybe it's four and a half or five and a half. That's no good. Whatever. Let's say five. Five camps per game. People farm camps almost every minute. Almost every minute. This is impossible. How many creeps? How many different camps could there be? There's I don't even know. The Watkin, the Smashers, the Snapbars, like five or something. The Statters, five the Trolls. Six. That's five. Yeah. But maybe Big that was not always the case. So twenty percent chances of spawning. Well, and it can't. Percent? It can't spawn again if it's stacked. Right? It can't, yeah. Two in a row. And I don't know if that was the case at TI7, though. So even more variability. Oh, they might here. have been able to double the same, yeah. You <laughs> need like a pen and a paper. It's doable to get an I think this is one of those where you just guess and then. Yeah, but it's impossible to guess. Yeah, yeah. Like... That's, that's what's funny about it. Okay. Nobody's going to get even We're agreeing on a number today. So what is it? Oh, we need to choose one answer. No, okay. I'm just saying that would be more fun. We okay, have a group okay. we get here. one together. So you're saying more than 10 die a match. We can just boil it down to. Uh, 772 games. How many die a game? Five camps, 20%. So one per minute that spawns. Uh, you don't farm camps before minute 10. Let's say games are on average 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 camp, 30 die per game. I would say. So 30 That's times. 25. Okay. It sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Okay, I'll lower it. 20, 20 die per game. But then there's all the games with Ench and Chen. Then they're, they're in play from minute one. So if it's if it's twenty per game, it's like fourteen thousand. Is that right? Do you want to go a bit over? Okay. Yeah. I okay. I I'll go with the eighteen thousand. Eighteen thousand. All right. We're locked. All right. It that's in. our answer. We trust Seb. If this right. is horribly wrong, it's all your fault. Yeah. True. Like exactly eighteen. Not eighteen, 18 and one. We did the math very yeah. thoroughly. It's eighteen k. Yes. If you like solving problems, solve the ones we haven't thought of yet. Check out. SAP's various open positions, sales, development, and technology, and consulting at jobs.sap.com by clicking the link in the description below. Okay, so now we move on to TI. Yeah. Current TI. Let me get my notes out because I did put the juicy stuff here. Uh, we'll talk about the bracket like last, basically, but what's the experience been like for you guys? Because there was a lot of drama coming into, especially yeah. from a talent perspective. Uh, like, for you as a well, are you technically a coach? Yeah, um, like, yeah, I'm second coach, kind of. Yeah, okay. I'm technically a coach. Just How, not how's the experience been for you? Uh, I mean, it's been good. The experience on site has been good. Uh, hotel's good. Um, staff is very helpful. It's smooth for the most part. Mm -hmm. Like not not worse than any year I can think of. Um, no, I think maybe it's better than last year like or like the was it last year yeah it was last year oh yeah last year was a last year was the romania one yeah, yeah i think this one is better for sure so in that sense it's good i'm very disappointed with the venue i'm not gonna lie uh i feel like uh i don't have the ti vibes yet like uh like on site i mean at most we'll have two days of ti vibes right to me like 
I love Dota. I, I, I think TI is the time where every Dota fan should get proud of what Dota is and what it became. So, you know, the big stadium, the big, you know, the, the crowd's energy, all of that. I really, really dislike that they picked such a venue. I think it's a pity. Uh, so that makes me really upset, um, but it is what it is. So that's one of the downsides. But overall, the event, how it is, it's been it's been great. Um, yeah, no, I can't think of what could it uh, what could there be. I've been, I uh, I'm not a big fan of the replays how they do them personally. The true sight replays. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I I like the idea. Like, I don't mind the idea. I think it can bring. But I think the way it's it happens in the game, I think it's just like. It's bad timings, always, almost always. It's funny games. because when we were casting, they don't even tell us they're doing That's it. Like, it just happens. Like yeah. at the point, because Cinder never looks at the production. So I'm like, Cinder, shut, shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> like something is just happening. But yeah. I, it's so, because Dota is not only when fights are happening that it's interesting. It's really nice to see how teams are going to play the map when they're setting up for a fight. And I feel like there's really important sequences that are just like, just killed by this replay of like what happened five mm -hmm. minutes ago that honestly we... We don't care about it. nobody cares like uh, it's interesting but i feel like if it was like at the end of the game maybe it's nicer or when there's really a downtime mm -hmm. when there's a pause then it's amazing but i feel like i don't the idea is great i think the execution is not so nice i think sorry if i can just yeah. add to that i think it's really challenging because the production that needs to call these replays need to have exceptionally good understanding of dota but to know when I mean. to do it but that's why it's that so hard, hard though because I, as in it is hard but then just get somebody that understands the game really well and tells them no you know because yeah. i feel like if they have to come up with it themselves they're destined to fail i, I agree with you it has to be somebody I, that reads the game really well i don't i don't know who calls them i yeah. i know they have observers specifically like trying to keep track of everything but it's also the more moving pieces a production has the harder it is to do For sure. so now instead of you know, in the past, we would have like one observer in yeah. the Dota game. Now we have an observer. We have a second observer that's watching for off-screen moments. We can get picture in picture. Mm -hmm. Now the third observer or whatever is also paying attention to the audio. Yeah, yeah. So you have that. And these people need to communicate about what's important, when to put things on. And then there's an overall producer that needs to push it, right? Yeah. And this needs to go like pretty quickly. Yeah. And if you wait too long, that's the tricky part about these true sight replays is that if you wait too long, the moment's gone. Yeah. And if you play it right after, what if there's no good time right after? Yeah. What if there's stuff happening all the time and there's like, oh, this audio clip is so good and now yeah. we can't play it. And then you end up with, okay, we want to show it. We want to play it. This is an experiment. We want to make this as a part of the production. You might end up with something that's a little bit watered down and yeah. it kind of comes at a point because you really, you know, you feel like it's a shame that you've done all this prep to do this feature, which yeah. is quite a bit of work and then not show it or at least try it yeah. and learn, right? No, I understand. I think a lot of what Valve does at TI that I really admire is that they take risks yeah. and they try things and some of them don't work and some are amazing. Yeah. And if you don't take the risks, you don't learn. Sure, so sure. I you can have get to behind that. Uh, but yeah, that, that said, I think it's also important sometimes that we recognize, okay, something is maybe being done poorly, or maybe the idea just wasn't good to begin with. Yeah, try it, and then you don't do it next. You said they're trying. So, that's the whole yeah. point, right? I mean, that's... I think then you got to listen to the criticism, or if there is any, like, keep your ears open, else you're just stuck in your own yeah. kind of, which they have always done. So, uh, no, because as I said, like, I actually really like the idea. I think the idea is great, and it can bring a lot of value. But yeah, I just don't like how it's being executed right now. Um, and besides that, everything else is. Not, I'm really looking forward to the, to the yeah the other venue. Mm -hmm. um, the break is gonna be interesting. I I don't know if I'm a fan of it, but it's definitely gonna bring a different layer of to the tournament that we haven't had other years. So that's in a way it's exciting. From that's another experiment, if you will. Yeah. See how that works. Um, and yeah, I I really like the LCQ. Like I thought. Yeah. Also, when I, you see the teams going that deep in the tournament, I think that can only be yeah. called a success. So that's awesome. Do you, I don't think they're going to do it again, though. Okay. 
Well, I mean, I could be wrong. But yeah. I, I hope they do. I think most maybe people it's hope also. They do, but... But... I, I think out of everything that's happened this year, that's the most celebrated new part. Okay. Yeah. Right. So the other thing you didn't mention this. What do you think about the rotating stage? Where that is great. So just to explain, if you haven't watched, uh, basically the thing Valve has done this time is that the stage has um, is smart. on top of a disc. So the teams that are playing on stage that you see on production is like 5v5, you just see the front. But on the back, there's also five computers for the next teams coming up. So they're already warming up. Yeah. You turn the stage around, which takes a minute, yeah. and they're on set. Yeah. And what you cut off by that is you cut down all the time that it needs to take all the players' gear out, yeah. get in the new gear, get them warmed up, set up hotkeys, all that shit. Yeah. That's why the games are flowing so it's fast. Brilliant. And I think it's one of the best changes of the year, but I actually think it's going a little bit too fast for me. Okay. And it's it's some criticism that other people have given as well is that okay, this is like it's I think it's an amazing uh, improvement, but if if you could like let's say the two extremes, one is 30 minutes between every series and the other one is the current one we have which like feels like five, minutes, yeah. right? Maybe there's some golden like the perfect amount is somewhere in between because then the panel gets to talk a little bit more you get more stories yeah. you get more content yeah I feel some, like we pe some people feel it's a bit watered down but because they're shotgunning right? out games yeah and i think a lot of fans really like that i've seen a lot of comments where people like it's so amazing that there's no downtime i get to watch every game before i go to bed yeah and in the past i missed the entire last series for can, these people it it's feel, amazing right it can feel dragged but, out in the other format as yeah well, so i i think it's, it's a balance. i think there is a balance and i think the old version we had was too slow and I think the current one we have is probably a bit too fast. I so really I like the like stories like... and the content side though at TI. I felt like that was one of the things that was really nice about TI, like listening to players, like, you know, the Casey interviews, like this kind of stuff. You got a lot of like storylines yeah. and depth on how the teams were feeling and stuff before the games. I think in general, like, like telling the stories before the games is just important. That's really how I feel. And that's actually when I get excited about esports in general and Dota. That's what excites me the most, like when you get the full story. And I think that's also why DPC has been so boring compared to these like majors or TI, because actually the story tells itself in majors. Everybody watches the games, mm -hmm. sees that all oh, that team is dominating, that team is broken down, you know, and then the story, is Dota is telling the story of how that team feels right now. And this guy, these guys have momentum. Uh, I think that's where it actually comes from. Whereas when, when it's DPC, it's like, there's no story. You don't know how teams are feeling. They won a game 10 days ago, but then, mm. you know, like stuff like that. So to me, whatever helps tell the story is just... So news. they're going to have that. Of course, there's only four teams left. Yeah. But they're going to have that for the new stadium because they're not going to have the disc thing. Uh, they're going to have a bunch more content. So it should feel more like TI, I guess. Uh, but also some small things. Um, well, not small things, but Too Good is back. Yeah. You guys' reaction to that? Yeah. We... As talent, we actually knew about that guy. a few weeks beforehand. I've always liked but I, very uh, happy that he's back. Yeah, super happy. Um, of course, haven't gotten to watch too much because we're casting and whatnot. Uh, I mean, that's one thing. Like when we're backstage watching, so it's like on a twenty-second delay. We can hear the crowd. It's like, oh, what's happened? Yeah. And then we watch. Like yeah. that's not the greatest setup. Uh, the Norway delay. The fact that like half our friends are in Norway. It's not. I mean, we expected this, but it's not ideal. I hope that this is just like a one-off. That's probably my biggest complaint about the tournament so far. Uh, no opening ceremony, but I would expect there to be kind of one. For the next set, yeah. But it's it's kind of weird because there's four teams now. Yeah. So you, but at the same time, maybe it also feels a bit weird to have a grand opening ceremony on the small stage, right? Yeah. When you have the big stage, you have way more possibilities. The arena is way bigger. You can pull things off, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it's understandable with this format that you do it that way, but a lot of people were hoping for an opening ceremony for the groups for or sure, for the playoffs, sure. right? Yeah. Uh, one quick drama, the sound issues. Oh, yeah. 
so players yeah. could hear the crowd in day one. I've been told since then they cannot. No, yeah, it was fixed. Uh, at least we played day two and there was no problems with that. You didn't, you guys didn't play day one at all? No. Okay. Yeah, yeah you were second set of upper, right? Yeah, yeah, we had no problems day two. So I talked to Celery about it and he's like, because there's one side of it, right? Where like Valve can't fully test things without having a crowd, yeah, having course, players yeah. and all that stuff. So like, it's kind of on the players to let them know. Yeah. Celery says they literally paused the game and let them know. I don't know if it's PGL or Valve, actually, but let them PGL, know. Yeah. And then, like, play on. What, what do you guys think about that? Because that does seem like kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. That I, certain teams, you know, would have an inherent advantage, theoretically. Yeah. But we, uh, we, for sure, would have not accepted to play. Mm. Like, if it was me, I, w- I would have not accepted to keep on playing. If they could hear casters, we could hear casters. We would, yeah. It's CI, come on. It's CI main stage. Like, you, no, there's no way. I would have not wanted to play until they fix it. I think it's not okay. And I think the way I look at it, I think they're lucky they had so many first-timers mm. that maybe felt like... It no, was, well, it grumpy was, old guys. <laughs> no, but like it was not their their face to say something and that this is just how it is. Like We just have to deal with it. I don't think it's okay, personally. But, yeah. I, I agree. What do you no. think? I, I First of all, I don't really know the specifics because when this story gets told, I feel like there's different versions of it. Like some players are like, oh, we could hear what the casters were saying or some were like, we could hear the casters, but it was like kind of like random noise or maybe you could hear like a random word here or there. I think obviously, ideally, you can't hear anything. And that's yeah. the case now, right? So no matter what, it's a flaw. Well, the even, thing, the even perspective... you the crowd, you know, imagine you're rushing and yeah. then you start hearing like, oh, you know, you, you feel like, mm-hmm. like you start... You know, you know they're coming. I know the thing. The thing that I'm getting at here is that if there is a hot fix, like if you could literally fix it in five minutes, I just, I'm just like, okay, like come on, right? But if this is something where you need to go through a lot of a lot of steps to get it fixed, you need to look at the pros and cons of this, right? Either like like let's say as an example, let's say the fix takes four hours. It's like okay, now you can deploy the fix and everything works. Now the whole tournament is pushed so much that either the players have to play in the middle of the night. Or you need to move games, which you don't have the logistics for. You don't have the time. Yeah. So you always need to like weigh these against each other. So I'm not like I'm not defending the choice of having them play. I'm just saying it might be a little bit more complex than well, just. Well, surely it's, it is. It's like it's and I understand I understand this from players' perspective, from the communities and whatnot. But with all due respect, I think a lot of people don't understand the complexity of running production yeah. and having setups. And sometimes things are just hard and it's a shame that it's a problem and it's a shame that it's there and i wish that they could just pause and fix it and if it was a fi- quick fix i 100 percent agree it's it should never be the case i agree but with you but i feel like it's, teams are should be allowed to just state that their position which is we're not okay with this we feel mm-hmm. like there's no integrity to these games and you know our stand is that we refuse to play and then you know valve or pgl could very well come back to them and like well you've got no choice so mm-hmm. you got to play or you're forfeiting the game you know what i mean and then they yeah. would play that might like, be what happened maybe this will happen i, I, don't, know. I don't know the but details i feel like but... you know everybody deals with their own kind of problems or reality and then teams would be like well we don't want to play in these conditions well you have to and they would, we would have played on if, if you know if, if that's what it came down to um but what i mean is like i don't think it's okay for teams to be like Oh well, uh, let's you know like they should understand that this is not okay. Like it completely mm-hmm. flaws the game, and especially you know foreign teams if they could actually pick up words, which is insane, of like smoke, roche, and stuff. Then yeah, yeah, even rougher. But uh, yeah, thankfully we were not put into that situation, so I have no insights on what it felt like. Yeah, uh, I would at least I would like to think 
because I would really like to think that it wasn't an easy fix because then I just feel like it's indefensible. I mean, right? I saw the I, one I just... hard fix that they were put through, which was the disconnection incident with Misha. Yeah. And I saw Valve trying to fix it firsthand and props to them because they spent like three hours. They were so committed to fixing it that they didn't even take time to... They were literally out of the elevator on their laptops, like trying to fix it. They were sitting on the ground. They, I was like, do you want to... It's because he double clicked the disconnect. Yeah, like they, they were really invested in, like they did not waste a single second, not even to find a chair to sit down. Like, and they ended up fixing it, hot fixing it. Uh, like, so I, I can only assume that they're really putting in all the effort and that if it was not fixed, is that it wasn't fixable. Mm -hmm. That's what I assume. And the way, I mean, I, I wonder how you simulate because like you were saying right it's hard to simulate having a crowd there like as part of the rehearsal of testing out the venue and everything obviously there's like two mock teams playing on stage you have casting over etc i don't know if it's so hard you just need to blast like find, find some loud enough sound on speakers like mm -hmm. the way i look at it but yeah i'm just, honestly i'm just talking about something i don't understand at all so maybe i should not it is very possible that it could have i mean i'm sure it could have been tested better yeah, uh, probably so. yeah ideally we avoid this situation and i i I really think the community being up in arms over it and the players talking about it is important and yeah. should happen. Uh, and we shouldn't just accept that this is something and that's why it gets fixed, right? Yeah. Imagine if the players hadn't paused or never said anything. That's what I mean. We, they would so, have played the entire meeting yeah. with that. So, th because then nobody would have known. Yeah. And if there's if there's one thing I've always always had the vibe with with TI and Valve in general with tournament is that you would probably agree with this. They have always put the integrity as like the absolute highest, yes. right? When it comes to like stuff like match fixing they have zero tolerance yeah, yeah. for anything like that or cheating or you know like whatever it is they're like 100%. very extremely extremely much about integrity which again makes me think that the fact that it wasn't fixed on the spot means yeah, that they could no other way because yeah. valve would have never accepted this unless yeah. they had to absolutely had to so that's just that's my take um hopefully that's the right one if it's just sheer incompetence or people being like whatever then that's just not okay yeah. So, I mean, it's also possible that they Valve were never notified. Technically, that is PDF, that right? could also no, be the case. There's thing. no way to really know. But yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay, let's talk about the brackets. So, who? E.G. Yeah. First in Group A, and then instantly dumpstered by South America. Two o two o. Yeah. That was really surprising for me. Uh, we can just sum up what's happened so far. Cinderin, take it away. <laughs> I mean, I want to talk about like there's been a lot of two O's until like the last day or so. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if that surprised you guys. I mean, lo looking looking ahead, I don't. I guess since this is a guest episode, maybe we should focus mainly on you, right? No, I think. Do you want to talk about the whole bracket? Because there's a lot of games, right? There's a lot of things that we happen. Can, we can sum things up. Okay, so let's try to sum things up. So big storyline so far. We mentioned EG, great group stage. They fail. Yeah. Uh, SA with their highest placements ever on By average, far. at least. By far. Uh, SEA with probably the worst TI ever. Yeah, I would think. And CIS a and Eastern Europe also. I think CIS even worse. Right? Really bad results compared they to what they no, usually have. Well, they also only Team Spirit and Bad Boom, so only one team made it to the main event. Yeah, and they that team lost round one, right? And NA, yeah. right? Because of EG. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So effectively, arguably Europe's best TI ever, oh, probably yeah. in terms of total placements. They have three of the top four. Yeah. Which yeah, is sure. Then Incredible. 100% the best. Uh, it's the same as China had in TI7, mm. uh, where only Liquid were from EU. Um, and then we have, just to, about you guys, you get to the round of eight and you lose 202 Liquid that are on fire and are picking up steam and are now in the top four. Um, okay, so let's let's try to 
simplify this a little bit. What do you, why do you think SA is so much like, why do you think SA is getting better? And why do you think both NA and Eastern Europe failed this time? Mm, I, and SEA, like all those three regions are really just underperformed, right? I feel like SEA, they're not in their best shape. That's how I feel. I feel, I don't know if it's a player combo where like the rosters are not working out or if it's related to the meta, it honestly, I do not know, but I feel like Dora wise, they're a bit behind. You know, that's what okay. I feel. And I don't feel that individually because they have absolutely amazing players. I don't think they have anything less than other regions in terms of player pool and talents, but it's mostly with how these teams are actually performing. I think they're just worse than other regions right now in terms of their peak performances. Um, SA, I think they're just, I think they're just better than other teams in land. That's what I think. I think they're just much better when they're put on stage. Um, they probably are more team me than other teams. So I, I don't really know. I, I haven't been close enough to them to have a good read, but uh, I just feel like when these tournaments come, they play better. Uh, whereas other teams tend to play worse. I mean, maybe I'm generalizing a little bit too much, but if I had to pick a reason, that would be it. So you would say for, at previous TIs where SA didn't do so well, it was because the Dota level wasn't there. But not the yeah. team level. The yeah. team level is always there. Yeah, I think yeah. they always, I don't want to say overperform, but they always perform. And yeah. they were performing already, but they were coming from much further away. Whereas now they have had enough international competition to truly get really better and smarter about the game and really get to, when you face a top team, you understand things that you cannot understand about the game before you face them in terms of like the pacing, how they, how they play their lanes, how they ward, how they, so many things. And I think it's only after you face them, then you start realizing, I mean, we only started getting better when we started playing Navi, right? Mm -hmm. Even though it was 15 minute stumps, you get these replays, you felt it in the game. You, you, you understood the pressure they put on you, how they use information, how they, how quickly they react to things, how quickly they act. So many things, anyways. And I think SA now has gotten enough of that where, you know, they have the talent and now they're putting it to use and this this happens. Because I think they were some of the best teams in the tournament, like, uh, honestly. And I think maybe they did not perform as well as they should have. I do feel like some of these teams could have went deeper in the tournament. Like oh, Corey was almost upper bracket as yeah, well, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, it was crazy. But it sounds like the DPC is working then. It right? is. I mean, like, I remember TI6, TIs, whenever it was that they yeah. started inviting South Americans, they literally couldn't find scrims at land because yeah. nobody wanted to play them. No, it, it worked wonders. Way. I think it was, a, in hindsight, it was a great decision. And I'm really happy that these regions are more represented. I think it's great news for the game, great news, obviously, for these regions because they deserve it. For the Dota in general, because they bring, it's very fresh to see how they approach the game. They have their own understanding and their own meta, and it's amazing. So, no, that's, that's awesome. I'm super. I was even hoping that one of the teams could, that Thunder would make it to Grand Finals. I felt like this could have that been one of the best hype. thing to happen to Dota. Yeah. So... But you know, whatever. But they lost by one HP. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. god. That, was... that game was incredible. Yeah. Like wow. it's like sometimes you see games. I was talking to Matsu about it in the lobby yesterday. I was like, it felt like divine intervention. Almost. Yeah. It's like the amount of things that happen in the game are just unbelievable. So he also summarized, right? So the one HP save, yeah. there's the fact that he's dead in his base without buyback, gets buyback gold because he gets an assist before yeah. he dies. You know? He told like, me apparently that all these things have to happen. That I told him, you have buyback, like, because he completely gave up on getting mm -hmm. buyback. He's like, I am 100 gold short, like, yeah. without me, guys. And then, and then they get an assist. He may have to tell him, you have buyback. <laughs> <laughs> just please kick it. Wow, that's crazy.
Uh, and I mean, oh and TIS, I felt like they got gatekept by VP and Team Spirit the entire year, and these two teams bumped out because I think CIS has a lot of great teams, but yeah, I don't think this is fair at all to the, the CIS Dora. Uh, yeah, probably, you know, probably a lot of problems in these teams and a lot of personal issues with the state of the world that probably doesn't help, and it's definitely linked to that also, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, so let's do predictions. Secret versus Tundra in the upper bracket, and then lower bracket will be Aster versus Team Liquid. Tundra. You you picked, yeah, you said Tundra yeah. at the beginning. Tundra to zero, yeah. You, you agree, Cinder? I think Tundra to zero or they lose. They're not going to win to one. Okay, so you picked like almost every scenario. <laughs> no, but one. He's observing. No, except for two. No, it could it could be secret to one or tundra to one. Okay, but I'm saying that's not. So sure. so I actually picked two out. You hedged you your bets. Two out of okay. If I okay, I, I'm I'm dancing around it. I'll say tundra win as well. Okay, I'll I don't know tundra. who's gonna win, but I picked secret at the beginning of the tournament to get second place because that feels like divine intervention to me. Like the four. <laughs> so, so go up one, five, step four, up the three, ladder. Two. That's okay. right. We're at three. No, we're at we're at second. This is at second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Aster versus Liquid. So Liquid, that is a huge... I mean, they lost game one against Thunder Awakened. That was a... Would you guys agree with a throw in that game one? I'm against so Mega from Liquid. I, yes. I think so. Yeah. yeah. They should have not lost. And yeah. they came back from that and won the series. Yeah. That's got to be a huge boost. I don't yes. know what the record would be against Aster this year, but who do you guys favor? Well, they played in the upper bracket round one and Aster won 2-0. So yeah. that's the last time. Well, that could... Yeah. Which I but think that's both good. That could help Liquid. I think Liquid it there. helps Liquid more than it helps Aster. Yeah, like because uh, they must have been, and this is the loss that triggered their entire run, kind of. Right. So you could only assume that they studied it very precisely and learned from it and mm -hmm. adapted, and now they're coming back for them. Um, and they have five days. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be one. I'd be worried if I was Aster. Uh, I, just looking at the bracket, regardless of if you just call them Team A, Team B. In terms of bracket run, I would favor Team B. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My my concern for Aster mainly is that now they are the Chinese representative in a field of four, right? And we know the Chinese community puts a lot of pressure, and I think some t some Chinese teams have really not dealt with that very well in the yeah. past. And I think LGD has been the standout team that did. Uh, at the same time, though, they beat LGD, which yeah. is probably the biggest confidence boost they could possibly get, right? True. So they're probably really proud now. Mm. So this like. It's like both positive and negative for me in terms of like momentum. Mm, I see. I, I'll, I'll pick Aster to win. I think this series. I won't pick them to win the tournament though. Uh, but I do think, um, again, the way Liquid won the last series was incredible. And it was like, just you're not going to get a series like that again. Mato said he played seven years of Dota. He never experienced this. Yeah. Like the way they won that game was ridiculous. Mm. But you also have to remember it was exceptionally close and it looked very dodgy in key moments like liquid always has these games where things go haywire right yeah. late game scenarios that are wicked and just like it almost feels like you're just flipping a coin at yeah. some point right um i think against aster i think aster's level is going to be uh is going to be high yeah. based on how they play against LGD. i was very impressed yeah. with how they won that series so i think they're the better team right, I'm, I'm gonna do the thing where you know the upper bracket you lose you come back you play yeah. them again you have the advantage i'll pick liquid okay i'll pick secret to beat tundra first then they meet again and then tundra wins okay yeah. just the okay the reverse each time i think so, it's very possible we get a well we didn't finish our brackets right we just did round one so oh. we had secret losing now yeah. what happens next i feel like I... and they're facing liquid yeah Okay. Um, was that your pick? You pick Liquid to yeah, be Aster? Yeah. 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 So then Liquid I don't know Secret. if it's the rational pick, but I really want Liquid to win. 
So I let I'll, Liquid beats Aster. You're going against the second place Divine Intervention. It's fate. I think I have to go. Yeah, I I mean Gaben Liquid Liquid, Liquid Secret. I it's hard to me. It's fifty. It's gonna be fifty fifty. Mm. Uh, they played right a now, lot against each other. Yeah, so. I think it's really gonna be fifty fifty. But I feel like with the state of things right now, I don't feel like any of these three teams stands a single chance against Tundra. That's how mm. I feel. But. Uh, when I'm gonna see how they come out of the five day break and Dora they play, I'll reassess. But as uh, if it kept going, I felt like Tundra would have got it to clean, to clean swipe all the way. Actually, you know what? I just realized I'm taking it back. I think Secret's gonna beat Tundra. Really? And it's because when it's the biggest stage, Tundra has played their worst a lot That's of the true. time, right? And I think it's potentially been helpful for them the way this playoff has been that it's been in a smaller state yeah. with like less when all the biggest shit is going on they are very polarizing okay yeah. and i think secret is going to keep their cooler more so I, they will, it's strictly sure. from a mental perspective it's nothing else because i think overall in the game quality i think tundra is the strongest team yeah but i've seen that in other tournaments where yeah, i've also that, been like tundra yeah, are right. just amazing they're never going to lose this they're just stomping everyone the stage factor and when yeah. it gets to the biggest stage they crumble and that's also why i said they either win two or they lose because if they lose the first game, it's going to get into their heads yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that, that I could see. And I think it's very possible. So I'm going to say Secret wins that, go to the Grand Finals, and then they lose to... If Tundra, if I think Tundra lose there, I think they lose again. So yeah. I pick Tundra to get third, they're going to lose to Aster, and then the finals will be Secret, Aster, and Secret will win. Okay. Okay. That's my bracket. I Makes a lot of sense. I could I could see that. I, could, I actually could see that. But you had the other one. So you had Tundra winning, and if then it, you have... Pure Dota, yeah. Tundra 2, maybe even 3. That's what I think is going to happen. If All it's right. yeah, the other factors, I can get behind your senior. Final segment, everybody. It's a double whammy. <laughs> oh, we also still have our... Um, We're doing tri trivia at the same time as this. Okay. We're keeping Seb a little bit longer. Sorry about the... that. This is Salted Egg Yolk Potato Ridges. So Cinderin has been obsessed with this salted egg flavor. Okay. And I bought this. I have not tasted it. So we can all partake to see if it's yeah. what it's hyped up to be. So this is a flavor that they have in SCA. And I tried it for the first time at ESL Malaysia. I went out to a restaurant. It had salted egg cuttlefish. And then there was chips that they also had. This like it. Yeah. I like this flavor a lot. Okay. And it's, you can't find it in Europe. At least okay. I've never seen it before. Okay. It's very it's special. Smell I'm very <laughs> curious if you guys like it. It is a bit of a strong smell unique. there. Uh, I see, yeah. I'm a big I fan. I don't know how much I like it, but... All right, it does... I'll, I'll give it a verdict first. I'll say if this tastes good first, okay? Okay. Yeah, these are pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> After a little bit of time, it kicks in. Salted egg. Not gonna lie, it's not bad. It literally tastes like a salted egg. With potato chips. I want more. Yeah. It's not bad. Kyrian had the salted egg fish skin. It does kick in later. It kicks in a little bit later. That yeah. flavor is just really nice. It's actually really good. Really I like it. All right. It's a hit all around. I'm impressed. I don't know. Some more. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you, neither of you sent me a trivia, so you guys have to do it yourselves. No, no, okay. I have it on my phone. Do you have it in your head? Uh, it's on my phone, too. Okay. Mm. Uh, I'll start. That's good. So, as always, you get three questions. Let's see how well you know me. There's literally no way you know this. Okay. So my first trivia question for you is, who is my favorite all-time voice in music? Is oh. it A, Andrea Bocelli, B, Celine Dion, C, Frank Sinatra, or D, Bob Dylan? I know this one. Okay, can you repeat the choices? Andrea Bocelli, okay. Celine Dion, Frank Sinatra, or Bob Dylan? 
I, I gotta go with Celine Dion. Oh, nice. It's right. Actually, very, got good. It's very good. She's nobody in their right mind would say Bob she's Dylan. Very good. Favorite it's a great voice. pick, by the way. Great pick. My dad loves Bob Dylan. Terrible. He's yeah. I mean, you can like his Celine Dion. He has a terrible nice. voice. Can't sing for shit. Anyway, Something go ahead. So, are you gonna add some, or it's not something to talk? Fair enough. Here we go. So you're up one zero. <laughs> so yeah, because I because I found it right. Okay. Um. So what sport did I play? Um, maybe not professionally, but semi-professionally. Like I, I was really good at. I mean, really good at. Too much, you know, when you're young. Okay. Like, very decent. I think I know. Four options. Uh, I gotta give you four options. Yeah. Of course. So to make it organic, just think first. Think of all four and then mention them all. Yeah. Okay. So there's no tell. Write them. Okay. Um... All right, I have one in my mind that I'm pretty confident in because I read it on your Liquipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this, I think. So Okay, so you ready? Mm -hmm. So football, as in like soccer, like mm -hmm. football, yeah. basketball, baseball, or badminton? Are you good at badminton? Wouldn't we have played against each other then? Because that's a big sport in Denmark. I like it. Football, baseball, basketball, badminton. I'll say badminton. No. Basketball, no. yes. You're yeah. good at basketball? No. Oh, that's cool. No. I never knew that about you until I looked it up last night on Liquipedia. It was on Liquipedia, really? Yeah. Okay. It said something about dancing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hopefully that was another trivia question. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, I'm going to have to find a new one. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I so what do you mean by semi-professionally? Like, I would, basically, the time I would spend in Dota, I spend now in Dota, I would spend in basketball. So I was, uh, I, I was playing basketball. How tall day, are you? Every day. I'm not so tall. I'm 180. Right, I don't, I don't know, know, yeah, That's true. That's 180 yeah. centimeters. Is that like that's six foot? Okay, roughly. Right. How much is that? Six, six foot. foot. Like six foot. like a guard then? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not okay. so tall. So how come how come, sport in Lebanon. how come you didn't pursue it further then? Did you not get an opportunity? Did you lose interest? I would have if I stayed in Lebanon. I think. I see. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. All right. Second question. I have two about pets this time. I was a little bit unimaginative. Okay. Which pet did I? Um, which pet did I, wait, how did I even write this with myself? Okay. Uh, which pet did I have growing up before I got my dog about three years ago? Did I have a cat, a goldfish, a hamster, or none? <laughs> I just want to say a hamster just because I think it's, it's more funny than the other. I'm going to say none. Yeah, but you also know. I didn't know that. You didn't know. <laughs> no, no, I just think I, they're really boring, so I just yep, pick them up boring. That's very true. <laughs> is is yeah. it a hamster? No, none. Oh, no, the, no, you had none. The, okay. the dog is my first pet. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I got it because of Susie, so you're absolutely right. I've not got a pet. Okay. Um, I don't have the... Um, I need to come up with the potential answers, actually. I missed that part, but uh, let me just write them down. Um. Get some more salted eggs here. They're good, right? Hell yeah. I think Carrion got a really weird one. So I, I probably wouldn't even like that one either. Okay, so the thing is, he, he got it with fish skin, right? So if you don't like the texture or the flavor of fish skin, it's just going to kill it for you, right? But the flavor of the salted egg itself, I think, is really nice. So you can imagine how this is good on, like, fish, for yeah. example, if you do like that. All right, so what used to be my the first nickname I ever used in in gaming in dota oh and as in not what the nickname nickname was but what was it related to was it simply my first name was it only numbers was it a rapper's name or was it a girl's name oh boy your first name you used 
only numbers. <laughs> you might have you you might have been inspired by the Dota. So there was a phase in Dota one when all like, there were many Chinese pro players that had like either three numbers or three letters. So I think you got inspired by that and you chose numbers. Only numbers. Yeah. Oh. Huh. No. That's incorrect or is correct? It's incorrect. It's incorrect. Yeah. All right, what was the right one? It was a girl's name. It was oh, yeah? my sister's name. That was your first nickname in Dota? She had an account. Oh. She had a, <laughs> a Blizzard account and I did not. And I was playing on her account. So my name was Manon, which is like a typical French name. Mm -hmm. So everybody thought I was a girl playing. Uh, so yeah. The, the the first like generation of French Dota players still call me Manon all the time, you know? Oh, actually, I think... That actually sounds familiar to me. Yeah, that people call you Manon, but... call me Manon. Oh, yeah. so that's why, dude. Yeah. I never knew this. Yeah. That's really funny. All right, last one. This is the one we give to every guest. What is my dog's name when translated to English? Is it oh. tomato, onion, carrot, or potato? <laughs> really, you did that. You sure did. So what do you mean when translated to English? Like, it's the, the, the dog's name is the Danish word for it. So that's why when so you, you called it, you called him that in Danish too, right? Or it happens to be we we use his name is the Danish word for it, and I would never use the English word. I would never have named him the English. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. So it's the Danish word for one of these things. Mm. It's either tomato, onion, carrot, or potato. I'll go with carrot. That is incorrect. The correct answer is onion. Yeah, all the Danish word is like. And he's called Onion in yeah. Danish. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a common dog name. No. <laughs> no. Okay, you just went ahead with that. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's absolutely not a common dog name. I don't think anyone else does that. Okay. Um, That's because I'm so boring, Shannon. So I came up with something really unique. No, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, for once. Um, okay. Which country did I enjoy the most, um, like, spending time in or visiting in which I could easily see myself like established like live there is it denmark is it china is it the united states or is it australia and you visited all four yeah you've been told can i guess i'm gonna mm -hmm. say australia you could definitely see that i could also see denmark though. no way it's the u.s denmark is really nice no i way. gotta say There's no way it's china i mean i've been to china to be honest it's... so he's probably <laughs> i wonder how many times you've been to denmark you've been to denmark for the true site premiere that was in Copenhagen, I think. That was the first one, right? That was the first premiere. Yeah. That was uh, in Copenhagen. Yes, that's correct. I, was in was in Berlin. Yeah. I think you would have really liked it there. I'm going to say Denmark. Yeah, that's correct. Mm. Yeah. All right. I nice. love Denmark. It is yeah. a good country. Yeah. I got to say, that's a good choice. Yeah, it's I'm a not great biased. Uh, I'm no, not biased. you're not biased, but it's a great choice. I could easily do All right, it's Denmark. a draw. We got one right each. Yeah. Yeah, right. I was definitely keeping score. Uh, <laughs> you were just eating chips. <laughs> that's right. I can't stop. Uh, out of curiosity, you played basketball. You play. You still play at all basketball? No, I don't get that. I mean, if you picked it up, you'd be able to dribble and stuff. Surely, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Do you watch basketball? No, no, not anymore. That's too I used bad. to a lot back then, and then I stopped. Yeah. Dota just. When you say you watched time. it back then, is that NBA or like yeah, European? NBA, NBA. Okay. Yeah. And what's the team? Like it was, it was, it was quite a while ago. And yeah, it was the Lakers. Oh my God! <laughs> yes! All right, we're ending the podcast. Yes! <laughs> Or ending oh, the podcast. I was the waiting for that. Best answer possible. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh. Thank God we saved that for last. I can't believe we had a Laker fan on our podcast. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, that's uh, way too good. That is so good. Sad. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Uh, any, Fuck off. <laughs> would you like to? Uh, more would you like to retract that statement? Or I retract it. I uh, apologize for it. 
where can I mean? Oh, you need to own that. That's very good. <laughs> any final farewell, whatever. Thanks for thanks for watching. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the the questions. Hopefully, I didn't bore you too much with the with the insights. But I I always enjoy talking about these things more because I feel like usually whenever whatever media or interview is is very not superficial, but you know, like it's answers that you always get to give. So I think it's cool to talk about some of these things and that people also get to listen and get these kind of insights. Uh, I think it's just life insights, not only just Dora. No, I agree. Insights. Like the little stories that people don't ever hear about, those are the most interesting to me yeah. every single time. So I had a great time. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks All for right. tuning in and listening. Awesome. Thanks, Seb. Until next time, Suns fans, Cinder and Seb, signing out. Goodbye from TI11. Bye. Peace. Bye-bye. We say things that don't mean anything. Subscribe. But thanks for listening.